Okay, I don't want to plan this too much. Uh, I got a I got a weird topic I want to talk about. Oh, I hope it's about salamanders. Well, it is now. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Sneaky Dragon. I'm Ian Boothby. And I'm David Edrick. Uh, we did it once before, uh, screwed up completely. We did it the second <laughs> time. Solid. So, well, pretty solid. Pretty what, so- what do you mean? You got notes? Yeah, I got some notes. Normally, uh, we, normally we do our notes at the end of the show. Yeah. Uh, off the air. But you know what? You want to do our notes section sure. now? Let's do our notes section now. Okay. All right. So, Dave, what's with all the uh, chickens in the background? What's going on? What's all the clucking? <laughs> what's, what's all the clucking? Well, I just have, as usual, it's kind of... Uh, well, actually, I shouldn't say as usual. It's been we've had a unusually rainy June, I feel, but we've had okay. a, we've had a couple of nice days, and it's a bit it's a bit warmish. So I had my I have my window open, and the chickens are out in the backyard. As as is their <laughs> as is their right. I don't know. Fair I, enough. I hear people that just keep their chickens in in a run, like keep them in the run. But I don't know. It's nice to look outside and see your chickens just walking around, doing their thing, hanging out, chasing flies or whatever they do. Mm-hmm. Eating, I imagine they, well, eat, they eat the grubs in the grass. Like I, I feel like they're probably sure. better for the for the grass than, uh, you know, like they're they're taking care of the insects and stuff. Yeah, they're taking care of chicken business. Yeah, absolutely. They're doing their thing. Now, and all of it, now, all of everything they do. Here's a, here's a great part of it though. Everything maybe. they do goes into the egg, and then I get to benefit from that. Okay, I was thought you were going to say everything they do, they do it for you, and you're going to <laughs> well, a Brian Adams thing. <laughs> well, in a way, they do because you know they're making eggs for me. They they are making eggs. They don't, absolutely. They don't realize that there's there's a you know reciprocal relationship here, but there is. Oh, that's uh, that is nice when you uh, go and you steal their eggs, all fox like. <laughs> um, now we were just talking a little bit before beforehand yeah. about how uh, we're doing this at seven o'clock. Yeah. Uh, so uh, on our time. So uh, whenever you guys want to listen to the podcast, it's fine. But if you want to get the true experience, listen to it at seven o'clock. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, there's there's people uh, as, as you said, your wife is banging a pot. Yeah. There's uh, someone behind you making noise as well in the house behind you. I think they're too. Uh, I think they're tootling on a. Um, it's a. I think it, it's a horn that I associate with the CFL, with the Canadian Football League. Okay. Which, if you listen to the games, they'll often be this kind of like noise and like someone's. Uh, I can't remember what they're called now. Remember, remember when they had the the um, soccer, whatever it's called, Vuvuzelas? the world, the world. Is it called the World Vuvuz- Cup? Vuvuzelas. Yeah, Vuvuzelas. Yeah, Vuvuzelas. Yeah. Vuvuzelas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Right under Dr. Seuss. Yeah, they sound similar actually. We we've had them in the CFL forever, but I guess people didn't realize that they were called Vuvuzelas. But yeah, you often hear that kind of in the background. And well, what, uh, what I wanted to ask was, yeah. you're a house of many pets. You've got two dogs, you got a cat, you got uh, two chickens. Yeah. How do they react to the noise? Oh, they're fine. The dogs don't seem to worry about noise at all. Like even when people are setting off fireworks at Halloween, it doesn't bother them at all. Um, okay. My old my my our family dog when I grew up, our family dog Scamp, he hmm. did not enjoy the fireworks when the fireworks were happening. He would get all you know shaky and didn't didn't like it very much. But uh, you know we were kids, so we were completely indifferent. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, yeah he did not enjoy. But yeah, you don't care. Yeah, you haven't got empathy yet. <laughs> no, nope. that comes that comes later. I mean, I had empathy, uh, yeah. but I, my empathy was in a hierarchical system that he was very low on my empathy. Uh, sure, you know, fireworks were above him in terms of like fun, caring for the dog. You know, 
I guess I, I mean, to me, I think about myself and I go, I do think about myself. It's very egotistical. Um, <laughs> I think about, I think about myself and I go like, uh, probably in like my mid thirties, I went through, uh, uh, empathy puberty. Okay. And, and then it, uh, yeah, and it's still, still mood swings on that kind of thing. But yeah, I definitely had, uh, got more empathy in my mid thirties than I, than I had. Like, well, I think about like my twenties as we've, as we've talked about, mm-hmm. I look back at things and just go, Wow! Why didn't I care about that? <laughs> oh my gosh! Like yeah, I, I I see all the things I did, and people seem to like me, but I'm like I don't understand why I was. Oh, that's so weird. It's chilling, <laughs> and it's just the chilling feeling of like, could I go back to that? Is this does it reverse itself? Is there a is there an empathy menopause that I'm going to go through, and then yeah. all of my feelings for the other people in the world will just dry up, and then uh, it'll, I just won't give a damn anymore. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's thinking about that. It's Hopefully a, not. That's interesting. I, I was always very empathetic, actually. As a, even as a kid in school, I was always very um, aware of other people's feelings and stuff like that. I mean, it's a classic story. I'm sure I've told it on the show about this girl who, and I think it was in grade three, told us about her brother dying uh, when they were skating at Como Lake in Coquitlam. Uh, he fell through the ice and died. And she told the story at Show and Tell. And I remember I was in a split five, six class because her brother was a grade above us. And I was talking to him one day and I said, I was sorry to hear about your brother who died in the... And when I think about that now, I think that's strange that I was in grade five and I was saying to someone, I was sorry to hear about your brother. Mm. It feels like something that kids would not really say very often. You know, you would express remorse for something bad that happened. The kicker of the story is that I expressed my, my... you know, that I felt uh, sorry and my condolences. And then he said, well, I never had a brother. <laughs> turned, oh. out, turned out she was just lying oh, okay. in front of the class. And I thought, wow, that's interesting. Okay. Or what, did you ever get any follow-up on that? No, I, I just kind of left it there. I, I didn't want to pursue it with either with him or with her. I mean, I don't want to say to him, well, your sister said that you... I think I might have said that, something like that, but I... I I think I just been like, oh, I think I must be mixed up then, or as one of that, you know, like I didn't want to, I didn't want to make a fuss about it, you know. One thing I was always very sensitive about with kids was if they would get caught lying, and if they oh, got yeah. caught lying, if they caught lying, I would never want to push them on it. Okay. Like, I, I always, I would always think like this was a big thing in college, mm-hmm. where um, there would be like girls who would lie about something that they'd done. Mm-hmm. And then the other girls would find out about it and go, like, she's totally lying about that. Uh, and yeah. I go, yeah, we should, you should not bring that up then because that was a sensitive <laughs> thing. Like, there's a reason she's lying about it. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, it's, it, it's not because she wants to be, like, a big shot and, like, pull one over on you and, and think she's better than you. No, she's trying – she's feeling bad about something. Mm-hmm. She's using that to cover cover that up. So don't. Don't bring it up. Yeah. Like, and, 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 but they'd really want to, they think, no, it's important to tell the truth. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, you don't have to out everybody. It's okay. Forget <laughs> it. Like if someone, if someone, you know, did something where it's like, you know, what are you doing over there? Nothing. That's fine. You don't want to tell me. That's cool. I'm not going to push. Yeah. I'm not going to look behind your back and see what you're holding. You know, I, unless it's something you've stolen from me. No, I like, I know it's, it's rough. It's a, I, I, no one wants to get caught. With that kind of thing, it's it's tough being a, a person. <laughs> so, it it so is there. for sure. I have a lot I, of sympathy. For yeah, people who I, I mentioned get caught it. In a lie oh. that they're trying to like get out of something. <laughs> well, I mentioned it on the show before, but you know, I was a, a terrible fabulous as a kid, and it wasn't that I was lying 
as like an ego thing. I just I like to tell stories. You sound like a fop, a fop when you say that. I was a fabulous. <laughs> I just picture a fop with a handkerchief just walking around <laughs> telling sports. But it was I was I just like to tell stories and and I found and I learned early on that people found your stories more interesting when you're if you're lying if you couched it as it happened to you. Mm. You know, and so then you could tell elaborate stories and people would be very interested in them. Uh, it wasn't so great if they called you on it, you know. Yeah. Which, yeah, that did happen to me. Uh, it happened to me in college, actually. Yeah, it did happen. I got called out on a story one time and I was like, I was like, oh, I was just telling a story. I wasn't really trying to <laughs> pump myself up or anything. I was just, oh, well, anyway, how embarrassing. Yeah, there was, there was a thing uh, that went really wrong like that when I was, I think, six and it was like uh, there was this there was this contest, and it was you submit a poem to um, to I think it was CBC or something, mm -hmm. and it was based on uh, like the book Alligator Pie by Dennis Lee. Okay. So you had so you had to send it a poem. Though. Are you familiar with the Alligator Pie book at all? Mm -mm. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, well, it's famous for this poem uh, called Alligator Pie, which goes uh, Alligator Pie, Alligator Pie. If I don't get some, I think I'm gonna die. Take away the green grass, take away the sky, but don't take away my alligator pie. And then it goes on alligator stew, alligator stew. If I don't get some, I don't know what I'll do. Uh, but the, and it's all these really bizarre, fun poems. Uh, and he's a Canadian uh, poet. Yeah. Um, so I submitted a poem and uh, and uh, heard nothing back. Maybe I didn't put a stamp on it. I was a dumb kid. I don't. Maybe I, maybe I didn't put it in a mailbox. Maybe I threw it in the garbage. I don't know. I was dumb. <laughs> so I'm walking. So, oh, I'm, dumb so, so, so I'm walking with a kid. Uh, to school because you got to, yeah, but there were, we're still free range kids back then. Yeah. And I say like, yeah, I sent a poem to this contest and, uh, it said, Oh, did you win? And I went, yeah, a one, a one. <laughs> so it's like, uh, and I think uh -oh. that's the end of that story. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. Get to school. <laughs> and this kid thinks this is the best news he's ever heard. He's got to tell the world. <laughs> Tells my teacher. My teacher's like, Oh, that's amazing. You won this contest. I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah, I won the contest. Well, I tell the principal about this. So it tells the principal about it. Like, we've got to make an announcement in the school that you won the contest. And I went, I literally went to the principal. And I just went, I'd rather you didn't. <laughs> to, I don't, I don't want that kind of attention. And, and, and he actually was impressed by that. And we're like, good for you. Good for you. You know, yeah, it's just like, I just like writing. I just want it to, I think I did say, I want to be other writing. <laughs> and I convinced him, like, don't, please don't, because I'm going to have to leave school forever. <laughs> but this happens. And uh, yeah, and I was like, oh, and I hope they don't call my mom and dad to congratulate them. Please don't. Please don't. Oh, dear. Uh, yeah, it was oh, pretty. Uh, it was pretty rough. I still have a hard time seeing the book Alligator Pie. <laughs> it's associated <laughs> no, with it, it, it humiliation. Sends, uh, me, uh, oh, ch uh, chills! Yeah, it was. It was a good book, though. I really liked it. Like they had uh, things like um, uh, Tony Baloney was another poem that was in there. Okay, okay. Uh, fish, the fishes of Kempfelt Bay. On Tuesdays, I polish my uncle. Yeah. Wow, lots of so good, weird. Uh, lots of good poems. Yeah, yeah. That sounds good. Actually, it's funny. Mary wrote on our uh, family messenger the other day, and she said, um, "She said a resident at work wrote a poem and wanted us to publish it in the newsletter. And I just looked it up, and it's the first, third, and sixth stanzas of Trees by Joyce Kilmer with one word changed. And she added, mm. she added, you get an F. So that's, Aww. I guess she won't be that resident. Oh, dementia. How we look Aww. forward to it.
There was a there was another incident like later on where uh, uh, like I would I would write poems in school. Like yeah. then I decided to become a freaking poet. I was like, <laughs> I, better, I better cover up by like actually writing poems. And um, <laughs> so I'd write poems about stuff that happened that day. Mm-hmm. And there was one time where uh, a teacher I thought was really mean to this one kid. Yeah, uh, Felix. I remember his name and, and she kicked him out of the class and he had to go to another class. Hmm. And so I wrote a poem about all the nice things he was saying about her that day. <laughs> she didn't know. He didn't say these things at all. Yeah. yeah. Like, but I, but I did like, you know, when, 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 when uh, she was out of the room, he said, what a great teacher she is. She is the best. <laughs> like all this kind of stuff, just yeah. really buttering her bread. Yeah. So yeah. That I was just trying to that she'd feel terrible about having gotten rid of this great kid yeah, yeah. that she didn't know about. So, yeah. Uh, did, did it work? Did she feel terrible? Well, I'll tell you. I won the alligator pie contest. <laughs> as far as you know. <laughs> well, let's let's announce it to everyone out there that Ian won, Ian won his alligator pie uh, contest for writing that poem. Yeah. I'm now, I'm sorry to be like, <laughs> I'm sorry to be using the loud uh, thing. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I want to actually see if uh, if that contest uh, has, has has any merit. Oh no, it's just uh, there there is there is contest, but they're all illustration uh, things for the alligator pie. So no 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 writing its own poems. Too bad. Anyway, I would advise people out there with children who are like uh, goofy poems. Dennis Lee uh, is his name, and it's uh, a bunch of fun bunch of fun po- poetry. Yeah, out there kind of sounds like in the Shel Silverstein mode of. Yeah, kind of shell silver scene. Very Canadian though too. Yeah. It feels very Canadian. Well, we're, did you like It's very Canadian like to polish your uncle. Yeah, did you like Shell Silverstein stuff? I did not know him as a as a kid. He was not okay. in my he was not in my radar, but the girls liked him a lot. Mm-hmm. They we had a something in the attic or I can't remember what it's called and Laugh Catio and the Giving Tree. Did he do the missing piece? The missing piece is another one that's right. Yep, yep, okay. yep. I like the missing piece quite a bit. Yeah, the, the um, he was more. I never read him to the girls. They it was more for them. They read those stories, the picture books and stuff like that, were ones that they could read on their own. And they do have quite quite happy memories of of those of those books. And don't bump the glump. But I didn't. We didn't have that one. And I think he illustrated them as well, right? So yeah, where had, the sidewalk ends. I do remember that. Mm, one. Yeah, we had that one as well. Yeah, they were quite commonly. I mean, all every. Literally, not literally. I shouldn't say that. That's ridiculous. Well, there are books, so they are literal. So, yeah, so literal books. Technically, uh, they are literal. I was going to say, well, most, many, many of the books that we got, I, I just would just buy at thrift stores or, or at Value Village. And uh, those were very commonly found in thrift stores, those books. So I had quite a few of them oh, for cool. the girls. Yeah. When the kids are growing up, you know, we had our favorites. But yeah, it's interesting. I never, I do not, you know, now I don't remember what what I read as a kid, I remember Sid Hoff books like Sammy the Seal and Julius, mm-hmm. the one about the the gorilla. But I did not, I do like, and then Dr. Seuss. But I don't, yeah, I don't really remember like books that I read as like that I got read to me. I miss, I guess I should say, you know, like I don't remember yeah. those those books. I can remember books I read myself, but I don't remember. And even there, I don't remember all the books that I read, I read anyway. I should have written I'm going, it down. I'm going to very egotistically, though mm-hmm. you're part of this too. Sure. Um, and I sent, I sent you and Nina this, but like the most recent review on Amazon for Sparks. Okay, read it up. Is our book. Um, it's from uh, Adam. He is eight years old. Here is, he's, he's a, he lives in the United States. Okay. And he wrote this about Sparks. I just liked everything. 
I didn't dislike anything, and I'm excited for the next book. And also, Princess was very poopy. In conclusion, in my opinion, I think everyone should read this book. Five stars, followed by 15 exclamation marks. Well. That's the best. That's the best review. The end. Whatever other reviews we ever get, whatever awards we win, eh, that's it. That's the best review. It is very good. He um, yeah. obviously, you know what I think? What's I think that? I think that he liked the book. I I, I I do very much appreciate that. Yeah, and and he also gave it a five star review too. So that's good. Like I know he <laughs> said five stars, but also he hit the five stars, he hit which the is button. technically much more important. Is that right? That, is that right? Oh, I would say so. Yes. That keeps the keeps the average up on the on the stars the star yeah. system. And I like that he's going to buy the next book, which is coming out in August. You know, with Sparks Double Dog Dare also very important. So, uh, so good. The, everything about that review was fantastic. He proved that he read the book uh, because he knew the villain's name. Mm-hmm. Excellent. And I like that. In conclusion, in my opinion, like, it's just like you know, he's not talking for anyone else. He's just talking for himself. Good for him. Henceforth. Yeah. Therefore, in conclusion, <laughs> if so facto, quid pro quo, um, you know, buy buy this book or get it from your local library. Either way, it's fine. It's all, it's all, it's all fine and fine. <laughs> it's better if you buy it, but yeah, it is better. But we still do get paid a bit uh, if it's in the library. Mm, okay, at least the Canadian library, we do get a couple of bucks. Oh, is that right? Yep. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, I found we found that out. Nina found that out before I did. Uh, Nina, of course, being the third dragon and the uh, illustrator of Sparks, here mm. being the colorist on the writer, um, and <laughs> uh, and she uh, applied last year uh, for this thing. We're like, yeah, if you're a Canadian writer. Uh, you you get paid uh, some money for uh, books that, that are in the library. Oh, that's Maybe. good. That's fair. That's certainly it's fair. Nice. Yeah, you gotta you gotta uh, really scan a lot of stuff and send in information. But yeah, I did it. It's good. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. You know, a buck's a buck. Doing it's crazy. Money in your pockets right? better than in someone else's pocket. Hey, man, I pick up a penny off the street if I see it. I'll go, hey, a penny. Who was using this? <laughs> I remember my brother walking out of a store one time. I was waiting in the car for him, and he, he was walking towards the car, and he like threw all this change over his shoulder onto the ground. Mm. And I came to him, and I was like, why did you throw your money away? Because, oh, it's just pennies. Oh, that explains why you don't own very much. <laughs> That's how you regard your money. There you are. It's just dollars. Yeah, there you, there you are. I was, uh, I was trying to get change. Uh, today, today, because I was thinking, I went for a walk, and I was like, oh, maybe I should take a bus back, because it's quite far where I was walking to, and and I was like, oh man, where do you get change? You know, because all these places that I would normally get change, they don't take uh, cash anymore. Yeah. Uh, so it's just like, okay, well there, there's not change there. So I'm like, okay, well the bank, well my bank's closed because my bank is closed because of the you know quarantine stuff, but like there's another one of my banks like four kilometers away. I'm like. I guess I could walk to that bank. So, so I walk to that bank, and uh, and uh, and and I'm, I'm going in, and they go, whoa, 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 easy now. And I'm like, okay, so they're a lineup. It's like, well, it's not really a lineup. Here's how it works: uh, you got to give us your name and your phone number, and then we'll let you know when you can come into the bank. Okay. Like, huh? Okay. So, so I did that, and they asked, like, why? Why do you want to come into the bank? <laughs> I want to go none of your business. <laughs> uh, but uh, I said like, oh, I got to get a roll of loonies and a roll of toonies. I need some change. I'm like, oh, okay. 
So they wrote down my information and uh, showed some ID, and uh, and then uh, they said, okay, it'll be about a half hour. And I went, uh, well, I'm not going to stick around for that. That's too long. <laughs> to get a roll of loonies. Like, I'm not going to hang out yeah, yeah. for a half hour, which is probably the minimum. Yeah. They're lowballing it right now. They're, they're just giving me the nice low number. Yeah. You know, hanging out uh, around a bank with a bunch of other, you know, bank heads who are like, want their money. <laughs> And to deposit a check or some weird <laughs> shit. Uh, yeah, no. So I, uh, I decided to just walk back home again. So, yeah, no change for me. Uh, just uh, scouring the house and trying to find ghosts of quarters past. <laughs> huh. Yeah. Half an hour wait. Well. Half hour wait. Yeah. It's, I, well, it's weird to me that, um, yeah, it's strange. There's a person at work that he doesn't have an ATM card. And nor does he do like online banking. He just goes and always deals with tellers. Mm. I just feel like, wow, you, time trap. You, you have a lot of money. You have a lot of time in your life. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Like, like, how do, he, like, how does he make money? He walks behind cars and waits for young men to throw pennies over their shoulders. Mm. And then just is there with a bucket catching. Them. <laughs> That's the smart money. He's like, oh, wow, this uh, happens more often than you think. <laughs> I, I feel would... sorry. I feel sorry, by the way, for the uh, people that used to make the leave a penny, take a penny containers. Because mm. someone made those. And now, no, they're done. They're just done. They're, no one needs those anymore. Gone. Yeah. Vanish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess people don't really. Um, I guess you could make it leave a nickel, take a nickel. But... And again, they do have them in the States. So, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, fine. they're making fine money overseas, they're doing okay, everything's great. Uh, sorry, sorry, I even brought up the whole thing. <laughs> well, they don't have, well, I guess, they have take a pence, leave a pence, sure. It's I, also they do call them, they don't they call them pennies? And uh, I know it's pence, but do they also call them pennies? No, well, why do they say, hey, penny? Well, if that's a, that's, a, a, that's a, I guess that's, I think that's a rather. If you haven't got a penny, a hay penny. We'll do if you haven't got a hay penny. God bless you. Yeah, if you haven't got a penny. So the, they do have They don't pennies. have pennies anymore. Oh, but what was a penny? I don't know. But they don't so call them So they got that. rid of pennies. Yeah. They brought in pence. Yeah. Like I know they don't have hay pennies anymore. Because they, 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 t- they went, they converted to metric, right? They converted their, so they don't have farthings and all those sort of things. They just have like a set. Okay. You know, 50p piece and a. And a pound coin and a quid, whatever you're gonna call it. But yeah, they got rid of like all the the shillings and and farthings and all that stuff went out the went out the window. Here's why I'm laughing. Yep. I I, I, I wrote, "Are there pennies in the UK?" Mm-hmm. The first article that just came up. Yep. The average penis sizes across the UK. <laughs> so how do Scots measure up? Wow. That was the first thing that came up, and that's in the newspaper. The Scottish Sun. Wow! So, good job, Scottish Sun. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you. At least one thing they rank high on search engines. Yeah. Because did you write? Uh, did you? Do you must have had some sort of Freudian slip when you were typing pennies then? Nope. No, I actually, I, I actually. Uh, let's see. Oh, I, here's how I spelt it. Yeah. P i n i e s in the u in the UK. So if you saw, are there? Yeah. P i n i Es yeah. in the UK. Yeah. Would you think that I'm going? Oh, I need to. Know I think that you. I would think that you left are. the s out. Would, is that what you would think? Yeah, I would think you forgot to put the s in. Okay. Yeah. All right. Because uh, so, yeah. you know that, that's probably one of the most searched questions on the internet is Are there penises in the UK? Okay. All right. Uh, the British. I, I don't know the one. answer. 
Yeah, it's a it's a, it's a unit of currency equaling one hundredth of a pound sterling. Uh, yeah, no, no, there are pennies. Are there pennies? Okay, yeah. I didn't realize. Yeah, there are pennies. Yeah. Okay. Yep, absolutely. Uh, it's featured the profile of Queen Elizabeth II since the coin's introduction, fifteenth uh, of February, nineteen seventy-one, ah. the day the British currency was decimalized. There you go. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize. I thought they were just called pence. I guess they're called pence, and they're called pennies. There you go. There. So we all learned something today. Yes. Um, I'm just going to tell you something really Scottish dumb, men have ginormous penises. Uh, let's see. Actually, uh, oh, I, I was looking at uh, Scrooge McDuck's penis. Yes. And it's very spiral. <laughs> he is. Well, I guess he's Scottish. Yeah, but the only time you can see it erect is when he's in gold. That's the only time. <laughs> <laughs> he's, when he finds gold? Yeah, that, that is how he finds gold. Yeah, it's like a divining rod. What are we doing? Why are we talking about this? This is also <laughs> well. He, uh, he has it. He has it framed in as well. His lucky penis. I uh, I'm gonna see what other podcasts are on. <laughs> Let's just see if there's a, <laughs> no, the, a, a the good better, one that's better, around. Yeah. Uh, so, oh, I'm Keep gonna looking. listen to the Scarecrow and Mrs. King minute. <laughs> they go through uh, the entire series of the Scarecrow and Mrs. King mm. one minute at a time. Wow, is that true? No. Okay, that was okay. I don't know. That would be an interesting challenge. It would, well, like, yeah, okay. Is to go like, what isn't there a podcast about? <laughs> and then you just like sit and just go, what, what, what? And you're like, uh, Badgers? Mm-hmm. Do you think there's really not a Badger podcast? Oh, wait, does that mean like the sports team? It's like, mm, no, actual Badgers. Okay, but is there an actual Badger podcast? I think there might be. Yes, there is. Okay, all right, all right. What else? What else is not? Not a podcast about. Yeah, I think there's about everything now. Yeah, probably right. Uh, speaking of uh, dumb minutia, this is what just something dumb I looked up. Okay. Uh, which is, uh, uh, you know, Dr. Pepper. Yes, I do. So, yeah, something that was kind of uh, I find interesting is like when I when I go to buy soda pop, I will buy usually a Coca Cola or a Pepsi. Um, though they always say, you know, whenever they do the tests. The generic uh, uh, supermarket brand always wins. People love it. And so I'll always buy the generic supermarket brand of anything else, like ginger ale or even a Dr. Pepper. And what I what I always like looking for is – How like, do you mean it always wins? Like in taste tests, you mean? Test tests, yeah. Like the fake, the fake cola always wins. Beats out uh, Coke, beats out Pepsi. It's like – it's usually sharper. It's, it's not as sweet and, uh, and it goes over better. Like people like the taste more. Huh. But – you know, we're used to uh, Coke and Pepsi, so you drink the Coke and Pepsi. Uh, but I always like looking at, like, what do they call Dr. Pepper? Because yeah. that's the one where you just kind of go, oh, let's have some, let's have a bit of fun. Yeah. So, uh, so I'm just going to, I'm just going to read you uh, uh, 30, 35 <laughs> um, uh, knockoff Dr. Pepper names. Okay. That sounds good. And these will be found in different stores. Yeah. This would be like a Kroger or something or yeah. Food Lion or Kmart. Sure. Our Walmart, Walmart, for example, is Doctor Thunder. Kmart was Doctor Rocket. So here, here we go. Uh, so Doctor Riffic, Doctor K, Doctor Smooth, Doctor Wells, Doctor Becker, Doctor Perfect. That one is uh, from Canada. Doctor <laughs> Thirst, Doctor Check, Doctor A Plus, Doctor Slice, <laughs> uh, Doctor Star, Doctor Rocket, Doctor Thunder, Doctor Joe's All Natural uh, Soda, uh, Doctor B, Doctor Topper. Dr. Pop, Dr. Radical, Dr. Up, 
Dr. Skipper. <laughs> I'm familiar with Dr. Skipper. That's at Safeway. Huh. Um, Dr. Cheer at IGA. Dr. Uh, Dr. Uh, Publi. That's at the grocer in Georgia for some reason. Dr. Publi. Uh, if I answered <laughs> that, it would go, uh, who's got the most pubic hair in the UK? Um, <laughs> I like the I like this one for, for from Vermont, Doctor Whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's like next to Doctor Fuck It, uh, Doctor <laughs> Zeppa, Doctor Polar, Doctor Rush, Doctor Sparkle, Doctor Wow, Doctor Tops, Doctor Right, Counter Doctor. What do I mean, Counter Doctor? This is like his enemy. Um, Doctor Choice, good for him. Doctor Doctor Choice, he's a thing. Uh, Doctor <laughs> Best, Doctor Extreme, Doctor Parker. And uh, Doctor Wham. Wow. Yeah. I like just. I like that one because I like that one because it feels like someone went. What should we call this stuff? And a person went, whatever. And they're like, okay, okay. <laughs> Throw it down. Yep. When they got the the can back, the guy's like, who, who? Why did we name it this? <laughs> well, you said whatever. Oh yeah. And now technically, yeah. a Mister Pib is a Doctor Pepper knockoff. It is, but, but it's, it's not. A it's Mr. not a. Never- it's not a store brand. Yeah, it never went to university. It never got the doctor <laughs> degree, and it's uh, it is uh, its clone. Mister Pibb's clone is uh, Mister Ah, oh. A-H-H-H. Mr. found ah. in Memphis, uh, mostly. So yeah, Doctor Ah, all good, uh, all good doctor names. I like Doctor Choice. That seems like a very strong, strong way to go. Good for good for them. Yeah, you don't really see. Um... It feels like we used to have, I guess, more local pops, and we don't really. Mm-hmm. I guess we kind of do. Look, that sort of come back, hasn't it? With like boilers like the and pop stuff. Pop shop, pop shop, I guess. But I was thinking, like, was it White Rock Pop? Remember, Could it had, be. remember, it had like the the woman sitting on a rock on the on the label on the front of the can. Oh, you're interesting me now. Okay, White Rock Pop. Well, just using the word uh, pop. Uh, White Rock beverages still thirsty after 140 years. Yeah, there she is. Yeah. yeah, there's a nice fairy lady. She's looking down at the people she's drowned. Yeah. <laughs> what? It's the uh, Greek goddess Psyche. Okay. Yeah, she's appeared on millions of bottles and cans of white rock, sparkling water, tonic water, and ginger ale. On every one, uh, she's missing one article of clothing. What is that article of clothing, David? Would it be her socks? Oh, you know what? I uh, will say then two articles of clothing because she is indeed barefoot. I will also give you right now that she's not wearing gloves. So, yes, there are no socks. There are no gloves. Okay. What, what else isn't she wearing? Uh, I'm going to guess her underwear. Underwear. Yeah. You know what? Mm-hmm. I'm going to give it to you. She's topless. Ah, <laughs> uh, topless. She's clearly topless. Huh. Uh, she's topless and she's wearing kind of a very see-through uh, number that uh, is covering, you know, draped over her bottom. Uh, area uh, and then she's got little fairy wings uh, but she's got quite a bit of hair stuff going on like up top she's mm. got a very cinderella do and uh she doesn't have earrings but yeah she's just looking uh looking into the sea and uh yeah she's uh you know gives you a nice bottle of ginger ale tonic water sparkling water i bet you that's and, based on a famous painting like uh, on, a, on a painting anyway well, here's uh, we can we can probably get into this, but uh, here was the reason. The reason that they they had her be topless was yep. um, because back in those days, this was uh, I'm trying to think where it was. Uh, if it was yeah, uh, about 1930 or so, uh, the idea of a bare breast was uh, the sign of purity. So this showed like our drinks are so pure and clean uh, that she doesn't have to wear a top. Huh. Yeah. 
there 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 you are interesting indeed yeah i'm, oh, just, I'm uh, just trying to look up uh they, they almost went away in the uh, in the 80s uh it's today it's still around but it's only got a dozen employees oh really That's interesting yeah where where are they where are they based where were they based yeah i would assume in white rock oh really uh, oh no sorry mostly at his factory in uh, brooklyn yeah, they're uh, mostly at his factory in Brooklyn. Uh, okay, here we go. How, weird you know, weird that I remember are. having it here then. Here's where they are. They're now at, uh, they got a mid-rise apart, uh, office building uh, near the LaGuardia Airport in Queens. Oh. Okay. Well, now, are. here's who, let me let me throw this at you as a bit of trivia. Sure. For White Rock Soda. Throw away. They used a famous fictional person as a mascot yeah. years before. Another soda company jumped on board with oh. that with that character. Oh, who was that uh, person? They appeared in their uh, in their uh, ads. Was it? And then later on, someone else, uh, some other soda company, took over and uh, or used him, and uh, and uh, became kind of famous that way. Was it the A and W root beer? I mean, root beer. It was. It was not the A and W root beer. No, no, no. In fact, this person, hella famous. Oh, so famous. My gosh, famous. Like. Uh- an actual like famous person, a fictional, fic- fictional fictionally fictional famous character, but famous. Yeah, some people would say they're not fictional. I'm not going to argue with them, but they're fictional. Huh? Fictional character. Some would argue that they're not fictional. Yeah, and you know, if you told them they were, they would cry. <laughs> I told them they were fictional. They were... So Santa Claus? Yes, they were using Santa Claus in their ads uh, decades before Coca-Cola. Okay. Oh. And they were using Santa in the way that you see Santa. Like Santa, you know, people have said, hey, Santa Claus, you know, his design is very Coca-Cola. It's this Coca-Cola colors. He's got the red outfit. He's got the white trim. But if you look at the um, ads for White Rock, uh, hol- the holiday ads for White Rock uh, soda, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's that Santa Claus. Oh, wow. And this, is, uh, this was uh, decades before. Uh, Coke got on board. Interesting. Yeah. He was he was he was uh, working for them during the early 1900s. <laughs> Santa Claus. Yeah. Hard to work. And then he went uh, fuck y'all, and then yeah. he went over to Coca-Cola, got a better offer. Uh, after uh, something happened with him and the girl who was topless, then all of a sudden, <laughs> not so pure anymore, and uh, she had to wear like a full outfit. Yeah. Maybe she went on to become Mrs. Claus. That'd be nice. That'd be a nice story of the. That's a good end. That's a nice ending. Yeah, like let's that. go with that idea sure. instead. I like it. I like it. All right, Me too. I'm fine with that. Me too. Oh, interesting. Oh, I don't know if White Rock had anything to do with White Rock. Probably not. <laughs> no, I I think I associated them together as a kid. Uh, here, just so people know who are our listeners who are from outside the area, White Rock is a is a pleasant beachside community in uh, the Lower Mainland. It is. Once upon a time. A, uh, I guess it would be a, an area where there are cottages or cabins. You know, people would go and stay near the the seaside on uh, as for a pleasant, uh, you know, have a pleasant time in their cottages and things. You know, take the train from from Vancouver out to White Rock and 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 summer there. And uh, yeah. but now it's have, a, you know, a very famous. Uh, they would have a very famous sand castle competition that uh, people would uh, come internationally for. It was it was quite amazing. And then grouches in the area went, we don't like all the cars. And stuff. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. That's what happened. Yeah. yeah. Jerks. Yeah. I mean, <sighs> yeah. Jerks. It's a hard, you know, it's a hard thing. Like I remember as a kid, not as a kid, I shouldn't say kid. I do remember as a kid going to White Rock, but I remember as a, as a young adult with, when Lisa and I were going, started going out together, we would often go down to White Rock and like go into the used bookstores and thrift shops that were like right along the beachfront there, mm. which sounds weird 
nowadays because that area is i think highly like highly desirable as a as a as a place but in those days it wasn't you know because it's very seasonal like you know you have you know you have a busy summer but no one's going to the beach in the winter time mm-hmm. you know no one wants to go for a walk along the beach when it's raining out and stuff so you know you have a real dip in your but i guess nowadays it's more about people living down there than about stores and stuff like that so it's changed a lot because like anywhere else in the lower mainland it doesn't matter where where it is or how steep the hill is people want to live there so it doesn't you know it doesn't matter we'll we'll live here but but it gets really busy in the summertime that's okay we'll complain about it then yeah oh, interesting yeah i used to go to uh drama school classes in uh in white rock so we'd go every week okay and see yeah so that's that's how i kind of know it and we we just we'd go and then we'd come back and i'd be like can we have some fish and chips and like no <laughs> like we gotta go home you, yeah, you know just... you know when you're in white rock because the streets have names and not numbers like they do in the ah because it's separate from Surrey, even though it was once part of Surrey, now it has its own city council, but once upon a time it was just part of Surrey. But what separated it was on the Surrey side of 16th Avenue, it was 16th Avenue, but on the White Rock side, it was North Bluff Road. Mm, and then okay. all the roads down the hill from there were all had names and there were no numbers, which is kind of kind of interesting. And that's how oh, they that know. Cool. And if you're, uh, if you're going from Vancouver by train, into the States, you will go through White Rock, and it's a really beautiful view. You'll mm-hmm. uh, see the ocean. It's really nice. And you yep. normally see the pier, uh, which I don't know if it's been rebuilt since the storm that knocked it down. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think I think it's in the midst of being rebuilt. Okay. We were there We were there a little while ago. What was it? I guess we were there on Christmas for Lisa's, uh, one of the teachers had, had, the, had the Christmas staff party at her house. Okay. And they live in White Rock in a kind of fancy house. And and so we went to that. We were there for a very short time because, I don't know, there's no one to talk to, those sort of things, you know. I require particular people to talk to. And if they're not, sure. if they're not available for me, then I <laughs> I just don't want to be, be there. Anyone want to talk music? No? Movies? Nope. Comics? Hello? How about comedy? Com- nope. Okay. Okay. Let's, well, the let's, hell, hell let's get out of here. Exactly. Yeah, done. Exactly. Done and done. No point. No point hanging around. People. Are, <laughs> I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's weird when you like when you're at a party and it's full of teachers, mm-hmm. and they just don't seem that interesting. Just like, well, this is not unlike when I was. This is not unlike when I was a student. And what, you just stand up in the middle of the party and go boring. <laughs> and then, uh, exactly. I I assume they're enjoying themselves. It's just I'm not enjoying I'm not enjoying themselves. My friend was at a party with Penn Gillette. Well, not a party, a backyard kind of get together. And he was there with Penn Gillette okay. and uh, Penn's girlfriend at the time, and uh, and it was him and his uh, his girlfriend and like two other friends. And uh, and uh, the person I know uh, was going on about something. And then uh, in the middle of what he what he was saying, yeah. uh, Penn uh, just uh, goes, well, this is fascinating, <laughs> but how about something else to talk about? Oh, wow. And then, and then that's how he changed the topic. Yeah. <sighs> I don't know what to think of that. That's, that seems... no, it sounds, sounds very mean, uh, very direct. Uh, yeah. So he did that. I mean, it is it is mean, but it's sort of it's sort of admirably direct. Like, if you're going to be a jerk, you know, be a big jerk. Yeah, just be, you know, and be a jerk in in I don't know, because sometimes it does get kind of boring if someone's sort of hogging the floor. But 
I would never say anything. Like when I was just listing all of the uh, uh, the flavors of uh, Dr. Pepper. Where it was that one of those examples you were talking about, like, uh, where you should have said something and told me to just uh, stop it. Is that what you're saying? Um. Anyway, so here's all the original flavors of the Pop Shop's uh, pop. Okay. Um, there was. This is what? Uh, sorry, circa circa 1970s. This is 1977. Okay. Yeah, 26 original flavors, okay. original stars. <laughs> 26. All right, go on. All right. Wow, this is very. <laughs> go on, go on. Sir. Yeah. Okay, boy, <laughs> I tell you. How about how about how about we start with you and you you try and like figure it out. Yeah, as many as you can. Real no, quick. no, no. You just okay. Okay. L- okay. Lime. Lime. Yes, sir. There's lemon lime. Grape. There is indeed lemon. Grape. Uh, grape. Yes, indeed. There's grape. Fruit punch. Oh, sorry. Lime. There's lime, Ricky, and lemon lime. Oh, yes. okay. Oh. Uh, you're right. There's fruit punch, which is an unusual flavor we don't really have anymore. Yes. Uh, Coca-Cola, of course, or Coke flavored. Cola, uh, Cola yes. flavored. Root beer flavored. Uh, root beer, indeed. Yeah. And then uh, a equivalent of Seven Up, whatever that would be, like a uh, that, would that be lemon lime? But that's not a lemon lime, though, is it? Really? That's yeah, that's more a lemon of a lime. lime is a Sprite is a Seven Up, yes. But the uh, their uh, their li- their lime is like green, whereas. Well, there's two flavors. There's lemon lime, and, lime. and then there's also lime ricky. Oh, okay, okay. And lime ricky is probably what you're remembering as their lime. Okay, so cream soda, of course, classic, yep. classic. Orange drink. Orange, they do have. Yes. Uh, I'm at I'm at twenty eight yet. Oh, not even close. So <sighs> the other ones are. Uh, wait, 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 wait. Let me let me let me try a few Go more. Ahead. Let me try a few more. Mm-hmm. So we got we got grape. We got um. Oh man. I said, uh, I said grape, cherry, so cherry, all. cherry flavor. There's no cherry. Oh, well, there's black cherry. Okay, I'll give you black cherry. Black cherry, yes. Um, how about strawberry? Strawberry, yes. Woo! How about? Oh, I'm thinking like raspberry, like a blue raspberry. Oh kind of thing? yeah, you went too far. Like I know that's the thing. You go cherry, <laughs> you go strawberry, you go like you know what? I'm going for the hat trick. I'm going raspberry. <laughs> Sorry, whammy. Take oh, all the money. Oh, no. Pop, pop, boom. Little whammy's walking across the screen. He's got his uh, bag of loot, and he's just putting all his money in his bag. <laughs> he leaves. Yeah, sorry. But if you want to take some more guesses, you're welcome. <sighs> well, after that, I just don't know. Um. Okay. Uh. How about How about uh, ginger ale? Ginger ale, yes, indeed. And I almost feel like I'm just gonna bow out now because I, <laughs> I really this is like actually I mean the fruit punch was like such a was such a get that it's just hard to top it. You should have retired on that. Well, one. I should have I mean, actually. You should have retired on strawberry. <laughs> that was that was the that was the deep pole. I got ginger ale. You got well, fuck ginger ale. I mean, everyone's got ginger ale. I'm drinking <laughs> ginger ale right now. You know, I mean, come on, <laughs> big deal. Uh, All right. What you're missing here? You're missing lemon. It's like straight lemon. Okay. All right. That's not a flavor you normally get with soda. Mm. Lemon. They'll put it with Sprite. They'll, yeah. they'll 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 put it with cola. You don't get a straight lemon drink. But yeah, they had it. Lemon. That's weird. Um. Now we're getting into the boring ones. They had pineapple. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. They had tonic water because you know gotta. Uh. You got yeah. soda water. Yeah. You gotta. Uh. As you said, black cherry. Then we're gonna give you a cherry cola. As okay. well. Okay. Uh, now we're getting into the diets. So oh. we're getting, so we're going to those diet black cherry, diet cherry cola, diet cola, diet ginger ale, diet grapefruit, diet lemon, diet orange, diet root beer, and diet strawberry. And there you are. Those are all the flavors. Twenty six. You say diet grapefruit or just diet grape? 
Yeah, diet grapefruit. Oh, okay. Huh, that sounds awful I as well. I don't think there's a diet grape. Nope, there's no diet grape. Huh. Maybe yeah. they can't diet that one. <laughs> yeah, maybe it, maybe it just tastes foul. Yep. And in 2009, they brought back the stubby bottles that uh, everyone in Canada likes. Yeah, uh, it's funny. Lisa buys um, some kombucha, and it comes yep. in it comes in little stubby bottles. Yeah, which I find there's, uh, there's definitely a Canadian nostalgia for that. Yeah. Did any other, any other countries go with the stubby bottle, or was that just us? I really don't know. We'd have to ask listeners out there if they. I've never heard like an Australian uh, person go, "Oh, the stubbies," and I'm sure <laughs> they'd have like a great. It, like it sounds like something an Australian person would say. Yeah, no, I remember watching, you know, as a kid watching commercials, and there'd be, you know, commercials from the States for, like, Michelob or whatever. And, yeah, the bottles were, like, these long-necked bottles, and I, and as a kid, I'd be like, oh, that's weird, they have long-necked beer bottles. Because mm-hmm. I was used to the stubbies, like, because my, that's what my dad and grandpa and what and everyone drank beer around me drank. Well, what it, I mean, what it always seemed to me to be was, I was like, it's the States, so we're going for the real masculine <laughs> long shaft bottles okay right? okay and then and then for canadians yeah we, it's uh it looks like breasts mm. they're uh they're they're round they like it's very it's very mother's milk mm. you know the stubby bottles and i'm like okay it's that kind of comforting thing sure. there, there you are well and then in canada beer is like Ooh, and then they changed it back yeah 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 i don't know why i guess they just changed it because i, I don't know why they changed it sometimes they change it because of packing Mm-hmm. You know, like I know, like um, French's mustard changed their classic jar, which they'd had for years. You know, but it was kind of—I uh, don't want to call it a heart shape, but you know what I mean. Like it was narrower at the bottom than it was at the top before the lid. And I, but I think that was difficult to pack, you know, because you had a lot of wasted space in your packaging. Yeah. And my so guess, now they've turned to just a straight up and down jar. Yeah, my guess would be if you look, there, there was probably something happening at the time where beer was getting a little fancier. And they and ours looks uh, cheap. And the stubby bottle looks cheap, so they, they were going to make a long, fancy bottle. And it, it, if nothing else, it's new, so yeah. people buy something new. Sure. And and then you can raise the price because it's new. And uh, and there you are. Yeah, I don't it know. It could be, but it also just be it was just cheaper for them to buy the same beer bottles as everyone else. Like because they would, I doubt they make their own beer bottles, so they probably you know have a supplier who supplies them with bottles. Mm-hmm. And it was just cheaper for them to get ones that were the same as everybody else's. Okay. And just add their label to it, rather than have these ones that were especially, you know, specially made just for Canadian, the Canadian market. You know, I don't know. If anyone out there knows this, the secret of the stubby bottles. First of all, if you live outside of uh, Canada, uh, have you ever had this, like the stubby yeah. bottles in, uh, in in your country? Uh, and yeah, two, do you know what we're talking about? <laughs> do you know what we're talking about with these stubby bottles? Yeah. We'll put up an ad. We'll put up an ad for uh, Labatt's or something with a stubby bottle. We'll show you. We'll show you what we're talking about. Also, if you ever watch old SCTV with Bob and Doug McKenzie, they drink uh, stubby bottles of beer. Yeah, yeah, I believe. My yeah. favorite is old style because it had that great picture on them. What was that? The old style picture. Yeah, it was the old style picture. It was like a, a little kind of colorful. I don't know how to describe it. It had like it had like teepees, I think, on it and things like that. But I don't know. It's sort of like a, a kind of fun, cartoony uh, drawing of like almost like a map. But uh, okay, I'll have to I'll have to look it up later. And post a picture. I'm very good. I'm right beside my computer, but I can't I can't reach my keyboard. There's no way you could. And it's and it's it doesn't sound like I'm tap dancing, and so I don't. I just it's not, not as much fun as yours. <laughs> 
I know. The thing is, the computer is so much better, so I've got to use this computer. Uh, but uh, yeah, the keyboard, as much fun as it is to use, it is very... <laughs> but that's probably for the best, too, because it keeps me off the keyboard looking up every single fact and going like, I don't know, let's just let's just try and figure it out on our own. Okay. <laughs> Did anyone die from those uh, cardboard submarines we talked about last year? I don't know. Let's just guess. That's fine. It gives uh, people stuff to to write in about and go. No, you were wrong. So I, you were wrong. I called. I called it up on my phone. Yeah. So it's like a. <laughs> it's like an old fashioned picture. There is a TP and okay. probably some natives. There's a, 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 a like a coach with with being like a stagecoach with horses. Mm-hmm. There's for some reason a biplane flying above them. It's sort of like a. It's sort of like a kind of a classic bit of Canadiana, you know, with mountains and trees in the background and. And then it says, quality you can trust, old style. Ah. And that's the kind of beer that I drank as a young as a young lad, because that was the beer that my grandfather would give me. Oh, okay. And and you know that anytime someone goes, you can trust us, <laughs> well, there's nothing more trustworthy than someone that says, you can trust us. Nothing yeah, more trustworthy. Yeah, sure. Yeah, because, you know, there's no reason they're saying that out of nowhere. Yeah. Why did you bring it up? It's like, <laughs> and hey, we won't molest you. What? Why'd you why'd you say that? Oh, you know, we're just giving you that no molestation guarantee. <laughs> I just I just wanted to come into your restaurant and you and you'll have a good breakfast. Okay. And no one will molest you. Okay, again, stop saying this. Why <laughs> why is this being brought up? Do you want me to seat you? I don't know if I do. <laughs> and you can trust me. Oh god damn it, we're fucking leaving. Let's get out of here. Hey, who touched me? <laughs> Someone from the restaurant next door. No, no it wasn't, it was you. <laughs> okay. That's what you get when you eat at Hansies. <laughs> wow. Well, you know what? I think if you go to a restaurant called Hansies, you get what you deserve. Yeah, but their uh, flapjacks are amazing. <laughs> well, that's, sometimes, yeah, sometimes you got to pay. You got to pay for. Got to pay to play. You got to pay in some way. Sure. So, so I sent you. Way. I sent you a picture of the image though, of the okay. of beer bottle. You sent it to me via my Facebook. Is this uh, messenger, yeah. My Facebook Messenger. So you're gonna hear a ding in a second as i open this up all right let's take a let's take a look at this beautiful thing here it comes i'm sure and <laughs> oh yeah, yeah 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 you remember that right you know what it looks like it looks like the ad in the back of the comic books where you would have all the revolutionary soldiers it's like you can see those guys running across that field <laughs> it does kind of look like that actually yeah and you'll get this biplane this tp okay but they won't. They won't look anything like that. Ah, beer. I don't get it. I just. I've tried it so many times. I. I just don't. Uh, I, I. I get that people like it. Uh, I. I kind of get other things. I've understood wine in my time. I've understood scotch. Uh, but boy, howdy, beer. I don't know. I just don't. <laughs> I don't know uh, what the right uh, entrance point would have been. But I. I missed it. I didn't get off. The highway at that point, and I just can't. <laughs> you missed your chance. Yeah, and sometimes we'll have a logger, and I'll go like, "Yeah, it's okay," uh, but I, it never reaches the point of good. Yeah, I, I tried to have uh, one this week, which was uh, one called Ruby Tears that I've heard really good stuff about. Okay, that's like local, uh, and uh, they they were sold out, so I didn't end up having it. And mm. I went, "Oh, it's fine. Life, <laughs> I'll have soda pop. I'm good. Everything's fine." <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, I have a I have a buddy at work that he just loves beer, loves it, loves it. Uh, just can't can't get enough of it. I mean, he can't get enough of it, but I just mean he just you know loves to drink a beer, and I just Maybe, it just goes I right might, over my head. 
Yeah, I might try it if I'm in like Germany again or something. Like if you're actually in a place that is like that's their thing, then yeah. then do it and it all makes sense. Like I, I not to be like I traveled around the world, but like when <laughs> when occasionally we will travel somewhere for a convention. Like if we're in, you know, France, we'll try wine. Then you see what it's supposed to taste like. Well, this all makes sense now. Okay, there you go. If you're in uh, Scotland, we'll try Scotch. Yeah. That's that's where you should try it. Sure. You know, maybe even in England. You know, just try it. That's mm -hmm. where you should try it. Uh, but, you know, you shouldn't uh, try it for the first time, you know, here in someone's basement. <laughs> <laughs> you know. And don't try it. they're cool. Definitely don't try it at Hansies. Yeah. <laughs> because they're cool mom. Is uh, is like I'd rather you all drink under the roof than uh, <laughs> outside in the lawn because uh, I tell you, it's uh, it's just better. I know you guys are all gonna do heroin, <laughs> so I just want you to do it in our garage where I feel all safe. Remember, any albums that you come up with, uh, we own half of it. Okay, that's all I'm saying. Uh huh. Yeah. I know y'all are going to do angel dust. What I want you to do is make sure you don't go to any of the upper stories in the house because you're going to jump out the window and kill yourself. So don't do that. And also don't don't fight a cop. <laughs> That's true. There's one thing we've learned from the White Shadow. Yep, and many many other shows. <laughs> Yeah, that did always kind of fascinate me as a kid, though. One aspect of it was just like, yeah, the thing about angel dust, it makes you incredibly strong. I'm like, oh, okay, can you get that without the crazy? Is that possible? <laughs> or is it the crazy that makes you the strong? What's the element that makes you really strong? And I also used to think like when they went like, uh, oh, you know, when there's a mom and the, uh, the kid's in danger and she can lift the car up off the kid. Oh, yeah, yeah. That burst of strength, that amazing burst of mother strength. I'm like, oh, that sounds interesting. Can you get that without a kid and not be a mom? Like, well, how do you tap into that? What do you do? Because it feels like this is real superhero type mm -hmm. stuff. You know, what do you what do you, what do you do? And like, they never say afterwards that like she couldn't walk after that. Or, <laughs> That's right. Know, like, she pulled every muscle in her body. Yeah, like, you never see the guy who like fought the six cops while on Angel Dust. Like, how are they later? First of all, they're dead. They got shot. I get that. But if they weren't, if they, if they didn't make it through this after getting not only pummeled and beaten on the street, but pummeled and beaten in the cell, pummeled and beaten while they're waiting to get into the cell. Yeah. And it's, and by the way, it's a rough week to be talking about this stuff, but I'm just like going back to my angel. Let's say that they fought, they fought a firefighter. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> Try to pick a fight with a fire. Station. They got to fight it with a bear. Oh, there you go. A bear. There you go. Yeah. Lovely. I love it. Uh, so a guy takes angel dust, goes in the woods, tries to fight the Charmin bears because he's like so angry at those guys uh, for their inconsistency sure. in characters. Well, the, uh, I thought it was for, uh, for, for hogging all the, the toilet paper during this particular time. Well, his first mistake, as we kind of got into last week, was yeah. he went after the red bears, which are the strong bears, oh. or he should have gone after the blue bears, which are the soft bears, yeah. or perhaps the brown bears. Which are just the generic bears who never really had a personality and didn't define themselves. But especially go after the soft bears for yeah, crying yeah, out loud. Yeah. And start with the nerdy little bear with the glasses. Whatever you do. Pow. Yeah. No, he didn't. He was on Angel Dust and got beat up by bears. But how did he feel like the next day? <laughs> That's the question. Well, the bears, the bears ate him. And, and, shit out. and, and wiped him away with some toilet paper. <laughs> That's right. And they were so clean. Garbage clean. <laughs> Wow, this is a callback to last week's show. This is how, oh, this is how expert like, we are. We just know how to turn it around, make it work. Man, 
100 days in the house. 100 days in the house. I have no excuse. Can't go on out to 100 days in the house. House is great. Not great. Uh, (laughs) This is what you you get. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you for everyone who's listened so far. Again, there are other podcasts. Go Mm -hmm. go ahead. You're allowed to listen. It's fine. Go listen to that Scarecrow and Mrs. King podcast. Our our feelings uh, won't be hurt. It's uh, it's been an interesting week uh, for 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 me, and that uh, okay. <laughs> it, no, it legitimately kind of has been. Okay, and that um, three uh, major improv companies have kind of like exploded in uh, in the last week. So, um, mm-hmm. uh, are you familiar with the I.O. the Improv Olympic at all? I am not. The Improv Olympic was uh, founded by Del Close, who you know, yeah. uh, who's kind of an improv guru, who is his own goddamn story. Uh, <laughs> but him and a uh, self-destructive, I don't, yeah, I don't want to say genius, but self-destructive, much admired some, person. Some people would call him that, sure. So, uh, so Sh- uh, Sharna Halpern uh, and him uh, uh, created a format for improv called the Herald, which is a long, like. You might know improv as a whose line is it anyway type series of short games. Okay. But the Herald is a series of short scenes uh, that all kind of tie into each other. And then by the end of it all, they all tie into each other. And there's oh, a. That sounds complex. It is. It is not as complex as it looks. Um, but it's, <laughs> Why it's, is it called um, the Herald? Sorry. Is that a name? Is it named after someone? Oh. oh, Lord. This is another can of worms. Okay. Um, the, the gen. Okay. The story they'll tell you is uh, one of the students went, this is a fantastic format. I love it. What should it be called? And uh, and then uh, Del Close went, let's call it Harold. And everyone went, oh. And then they went like, they actually called it Harold. So yeah. that's the thing. Yeah. But other people have claimed that they came up with the name Harold. Okay. And Del Close took credit for it, which would be a very Del Closean thing to do. Sure. Sure. It's that's the kind of thing. So yeah. they created this format. They did uh, Improv Olympic, and then many people who you know from like um, Saturday Night Live, uh, you know, uh, uh, did it. And it used to be called the Improv Olympic. Then the Improv Committee went, "Hey, knock it off!" And they went, "Oh, sorry." Uh, they Wait, sorry. It. They called the Improv Olympics and the Olympic Committee. You mean the Olympic? Com- no, the Olympic Committee. Yeah. So they were called the Improv Olympic. Yeah. No, you're sorry. You just said you said the Improv Committee. So I. Oh, very good. I okay. just wanted to so you clarify. You meant the Olympic Committee stepped the, in and said actual, no. The actual Olympic Committee mm-hmm. uh, said to them, you can't use that name, as they yeah. are very litigious with the name Olympic. Yes. And uh, and so they went, okay, and they changed their name to uh, the I.O. So, <laughs> okay. Um, now, now, people who have gone through the I.O. are like, uh, like a Stephen Colbert, Amy Poehler, Seth Meyers, Bob Odenkirk. Uh, you know, and a lot of people, Matt Besser, and people who have then gone on to form other things like the UCB and what have you. Sure. Um, so it's a very well-known um, and respected organization. They had um, they had a scandal uh, a couple of years ago uh, where uh, women were being harassed and some bad shit was going down, and they kind of got through that. And one of the things that helped them and hurt them was that it was being run by Sharna Halpern, who was a woman. Yeah, and so. You know, but she kind of came on the side of 
uh, kind of pulled a Terry Gilliam and did the old, these gals knew what they were at, you know, getting into. And uh, that didn't go over real good. Okay. Um, so, yeah, there was a bit of that. Um, but then it kept going and kept going. But then, of course, because of the quarantine, uh, they were shut for a couple of uh, weeks. And they just went, well, we can't open again. That's the end of us. So they, they're shut down. They're gone. Um, Second City, meanwhile, uh, went through a thing where, uh, because of Lives Matter, a little bit of focus kind of got on to them about uh, how many black people have you had in your cast? And uh, basically, they, when it came to women, uh, in all their history, one. And uh, she had kind of a short run, and it, w- it was treated quite badly. And she uh, kind of spoke up about this, and it became a big thing. And then uh, some of the people who had worked for Second City but didn't do main, main stage, uh, who, were, who were black, uh, formed this big petition about, you know, Second City's really got to get its act together and all this, and it was a big scandal at the Second City. Okay. So that was not over at the Second City. So that's people like uh, Amber Ruffin, and oh, I'm, I'm blanking on a couple of people's names, but it's it's quite well-known people who are comedians that you'd go, oh, yeah, that person, that person, oh, that person, and that person, oh, geez, that person. So th- they, um, they were not part of SCTV, or sorry, they, they weren't part of Second City, not SCTV, they, but they weren't part, part of Second City. Second main stage. Okay. They, they, uh, there's there's a couple of levels to, to Second City. There's main stage, yeah. and then there was the kind of, not really amateur theater, but there was like a smaller theater that's off to the side uh, that you could be part of, or you could be part of the touring company. You could go on cruises, and and but you wouldn't really be developing any new material. You would be performing material that other uh, performers had created in the past. So you'd be doing all I the see. classic old timey sketches. Yeah. Um, so especially if you're a person of color, that came across a little weird, hmm. you know, because you would never be developing anything for you yeah you know and uh and and then they would always cast according to type so if you remember the original sctv cast you know you had andrea martin as kind of the goofy looking woman and then you had Catherine o'hara as oh she's the pretty woman and then there's uh joe flaherty he's kind of the tall gangly guy and you'd have you know someone who's like he's the kind of average kind of jockey guy you know you'd you know you'd have like a dave thomas and like that's the everyman type of guy but then you got the tall kind of like well i tell you hey guys you know you have that guy and then you have the fat guy and that was john candy yeah and these and they would they would cast on the basis of type and and they would not cast people of who weren't white. That that was what they would do because they were just like, no, this is the they got to basically be these types. So we're going to cast as in this mold, and they did this for decades and decades and decades, and that's kind of blown up this this week. Okay. Meanwhile, <laughs> in Vancouverland, yeah, um, the uh, Vancouver Theatre Sports League, who I was I used to be with about fifteen years ago, yeah, uh, they decided to put up a Black Lives Matter. Uh, image on Instagram, and it was the um, solid black, uh, uh, just a solid black square. Sure. Now, uh, Black Lives Matter uh, said, "Don't do this. Don't put up this square, because what what happens uh, then is when people are looking for Black Lives Matter, all they get is just nothing but blackness, and it shows nothing. So don't do that. What you want to do is uh, put some information on that square." or donate or here's some here's a link to something don't whatever you do don't just do the black square that's not supportive and so but theater sports still did the black square okay so so someone came on 
and said, uh, don't do this black square. They said, don't do this black square. And they kept the black square and then they deleted their comment. And then that made this person mad. And then they started posting about theater sports and how theater sports is basically all white pretty much. And then they went through every picture that was on theater sports's, uh, you know, Instagram page and just yeah. wrote the white underneath almost every one of them that was white, which was almost every one of them. <laughs> and then after, after they did that, other people started coming in and going, yeah, they're, they're really bad to people of color. And then women started coming in and going, yeah. And, uh, they've employed this person who is, uh, you know, alleged predator for quite a while. And they're not saying it as politely as I'm saying it. <laughs> then they said, yeah, and I was always, you know, hit on hard by all the married men in the company and, and basically made to feel if I didn't put out, I wouldn't get work. And then, <laughs> and then it just, it just went on and it went on for 250 posts. Wow. And it was people from all decades. Like it's been, Theater Sports has been around since uh, about 1980, really. Like it was 78. But uh, but really, since around 1980, uh, and and yeah, everyone just like unloaded all this, all this, all these facts, all this, all this history kind of came came out, and it uh, basically shut everything down. It's it's it, it became a, a news story. Uh, a, a whole bunch of people resigned from the company. Uh, it's, really, it, they're they're covering yeah, they're covering a lot of stuff that uh, like I've got a. As I'm telling you stuff that you you obviously know, but I'm saying it to the listeners. Sure. I've got a page on Facebook called No And, and one of the things that I that I the reasons I set it up was I was upset that I that these quite a few people were leaving improv uh, that I thought weren't giving it a chance because you know they were they were basically being treated badly. Yeah. They were being treated badly, and so they didn't feel that they had a place in improv. And I wanted to kind of go, No, you do. Uh, and let's talk about why you're leaving and let's see if we can fix those things. And I've been doing that page since about 2008. And, and a lot of the things that I was talking about on that page have now kind of come up as well. And every time, like just repeatedly and repeatedly and repeatedly at the theater, uh, you know, they've, they've said, oh, no, things are better now. Things are better now. We've taken care of these problems. Things are better now. Things are better now. It feels like the first time ever uh, people, especially these young people, uh, and and young people of color have just gone no no <laughs> yeah. that's not good enough well we're going to do this and we're going to look into it internally no nope. <laughs> nope no you're not and it's happening at the same time as the black lives matter movement yeah. so it's feeding into that and uh you know no offense to your chickens but all these chickens are now coming home to roost and i feel is that where know, my chickens went i couldn't see them yeah, yeah, they are coming home to roots because of social justice. And so, <laughs> well, good for and them. So, and so, yeah, it's become a news story. And because it's become a news story, quite a few people have been contacting me about it, too. Mm -hmm. And I've and I've been collecting stories that are private stories from people for like 20 years of like, you know, the way they were treated at the theater and things people have done to them and, and really, really horrible, horrible stories. Yeah. But then being told, and don't tell anyone about this. But I just needed to talk to somebody about it. And now it feels like these things are being brought up and brought out and being exposed. And it's uh, it's it's scary and it's uh, it's it's heartbreaking. And all and even more people that I don't that I know, 
but that I didn't know their stories are posting things both on my board and, and in other places. And just and I'm learning like how devastating it was for all of them and how heartbreaking it was. And just I'm saying I'm heartbroken, but they're not broken as well. Uh, <laughs> but just like how how casually cruel people were to 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 them. And and uh, it just it makes me furious. It makes me so sad. It makes me wish I could have done more. Uh, it made me worry that maybe I had been part of it. So far, the feedback I've gotten has been that I haven't been and that I have been. I was supporting the right side doing this. And I don't say that as a brag. I sincerely was like, I don't know. I don't know if I was doing enough at all. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, I wish and, and I do sincerely wish that I could have done more. Uh, but, yeah, this is all kind of exploding this way. So, you know, um, some some and I don't want to say names, but like well-known improvisers who have been with the company in the past have been contacting me and going, what the hell is going on? And I've got to go, I haven't been around for 15 years, but what I, I do have people contacting me a lot and this is what they've told me. Hmm. So it's kind of spreading the word out there right now. And it's, uh, yeah, it's just, it's a, it's a very, it's a very weird time. And I think what's the hardest thing for me right now, aside from hearing these stories of people and having a sense of empathy now, cause my empathy menopause isn't, uh, <laughs> is I've actually got, you know, I always say it's, uh, it's the hope that, uh, gets you. And it's like, I actually have hope right now that things could get better. And that's, what's hard. <laughs> it's like having yeah. hope. Yeah. You know, because like, oh, this could be a welcoming sp space for like all these people to do stuff. And it's it won't just be a clubhouse. Mm. It won't just have these people who have been there for 30 you know, years. <laughs> you're not wrong. That's the thing. <laughs> 20, 30. And literally there was a guy there who finally got like kicked out for 40 years. There's that's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no, you wrote a You wrote a really, really great uh comparison of that kind of situation with the idea of uh, Chevy Chase being on Saturday Night Live from still being on Saturday Night Live. So the yeah, idea, yeah, yeah. and Go I think ahead. that was a great point because you know, like like you say in your in in the the little piece that you wrote, the idea that you know it's it's so it just stagnates everything because everyone is coming in and then they're adopting his persona, they're adopting his style of comedy, even though it's terribly dated it's still he's the oldest person there he's the person that everyone looks up to he's chevy chase he's been there for 30 years or whatever and so you're he, not going to fire him so if yeah. you want to keep your job yeah one you have to suck to him and two you have to match his style and support everything he does mm -hmm. which means you don't develop your own stuff you're yeah. just trying to support the person who's been there and who doesn't have the you know original ideas anymore but is yeah yeah no it's interesting i do you think that this sorry to go off topic just for a second, but do you think sure, Lauren? Sure, sure. Do you think Lauren Michaels was was aware of this? Was it intentional, or was it just it kind of fell that way because everyone, the original cast, just kind of split almost all at once, and then he was, or did he leave? Did he leave after the original cast left? He left with the original cast. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, and then Jean Dominion Dominion came in, and that was the Gilbert Gottfried. Uh, season Charles Rocket, people like that. Yeah, and uh, and Eddie Murphy and Joe Piscopo. Yeah, yeah. And they were the only ones who stuck around for the uh, for the next Dick, season. The so Dick Ebersole time. For all that people uh, put her down, and rightfully so, um, <laughs> she did hire. Uh, you know, she did hire Eddie Murphy, who was their biggest star. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So you know, 
okay, I'll give you, I'll give you that. And, you do that. <laughs> and, then, and then Dick Eversall came on and then you had, again, that was the big anywhere for years. And then, yeah, then, uh, then Lauren Michaels came back after the Billy Crystal, Martin Short, uh, Christopher Guest season. And uh, it's been what it's been ever since. But, it's but, yeah, it, it, but it is interesting that there is that kind of constant turnover now. And I wonder if it is intentional. Like, you know, it's not just the product of, you know, people kind of growing the space space and wanting to go into movies or whatever, but also just time to move on, time to leave the nest, time to... Well, look, it's... Uh, again, I'm, I'm, I'm shooting myself in the foot a little here. Uh, maybe not, because, you know, they fired me. Um, but, like, uh, look at The Simpsons. Yeah, yeah. You know, the Simpsons, everyone is still good. Like, there's nothing there's nothing wrong with The Simpsons. And occasionally they'll have a good episode that you'll go, that was a good episode. But, <laughs> you'll, but you'll never... You'll never have that explosion, yeah. That freshness, yeah. You know that you had before because it's all the same people mm-hmm. doing all the same thing. Even though they're all fine, then there's nothing wrong with it. It's just never going to get. Oh my gosh! Wow! Yeah. You know, maybe they're never going to bring in a bunch of new talent, yeah. which is what you need. You need a bunch of new talent. Like the the problem again with something like a theater sports is you know uh and I'm, I'm i'm blowing my own horn here but when when i came into the company you know i came really got 15 percent better oh bless your heart <laughs> uh i came in with other people in uh, what they called the rookie league yeah we were the first like they would have they would have a segment called the rookie segment which would or the rookie whenever they'd have 15 minutes before a main show where they'd let uh you know amateurs perform and then that would be the main show and here we go but they but for us they gave us our own night which was a tuesday night and so we got to know the stage and we got to play with each other and we weren't trying to uh you know uh show off to the uh, the, the the bigger big shot performers because for the most part they'd never show up you know so <laughs> yeah. so so we just had our own night to uh, dick around and do as much as we could. And we started selling out shows. And then when we made it to the main stage, we kind of made it to the main stage in a group. And so we had already developed a style together. And But if I had gone, like, uh, if I'd gotten hired immediately and gone to main stage, I would have tried to have been just like Colin Mockery and Ryan Styles and Jerry McAteer and Danella Williams. I would have tried to just, like, match their style and match their tone because yeah. that's what you do trying to copy yeah and, and and you don't develop your own things in your own ways and uh and yeah it wouldn't have been as good and whenever saturday night live has those nice bursts it's it's when something like you know andy sandberg you know uh has gets to develop his stuff with the other lonely islanders first and then they all come in yeah. and like oh now they're in charge of this segment and oh now it looks fresh and and what have you but if like yeah. he just had to come in and and just play support for three years until he kind of got a couple of speaking roles. Oof, no good. There's no, there's no dice. It's just, it's bad for the show, but it's also terrible for people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You're right. And, well, and, and I remember like, when they, you, I remember when you quit theater sports um, and I was quite shocked actually, when you did that. Oh, were you? I was because, you know, you liked it so much for so long. Mm-hmm. And when you left, you didn't you. It didn't feel like you left in the best of terms. Well, it was okay. It's, I thought it was okay mm-hmm. until I learned it wasn't okay. And my my experience <laughs> was was this was uh, a couple of years earlier. I I joined a group called Urban Improv 
that was um, kind of a popular uh, improv group at the Urban Well, which is a local uh, bar uh, that would have comedy nights on Mondays and Tuesdays. And on Monday nights, Brent Butt from Corner Gas would host a comedy night. And, yeah. and that was building up steam. And so then some other people uh, went, how about we do an improv show? And I, and I went, oh, this sounds good. And I, I kind of got forced my way into that yeah. within about six months. Okay. And, and, and so that was cooking. And we were doing our own thing. And it was, it was a lot uh, more blue than the stuff at theater sports, which was more family friendly. Mm-hmm. And, and we were doing quite well. Like we were selling out every, you know, every show we were doing. And uh, we decided to, you know, bring in some amateurs as well and like give them a chance to get some stage time. So we'd have them mm-hmm. open for us. And then theater sports uh, tried to shut that down, tried to, uh, first of all, tell us, uh, you can't do another show aside from theater sports. I was like, well, what do you mean? You're like, we're, you don't do shows on, on Tuesday nights. We're not even competing with you. And it's like, yeah, but it's not a good look for us to have you guys doing that. Oh, well, I don't care if it's a good fucking look. We're going to still do our show. Yeah. You know, and we're, it's a paying gig. It's all this stuff. And like, you don't own us. We're, you know, we're not on a contract or anything like that. What, what's, what's this about? Yeah. And so they then decided to go after the amateurs. And they really and they would take them aside and they would bully them. They would t- they would tell them, you know, you can do it, but it would be bad for your career. There was a lot of you got a great career. It'd be a shame if something was to happen to it. And they did that to <laughs> us first. Right. Yeah. That, that's their that, that was their style was intimidation was like, you know, some people don't like that you're doing this. Mm-hmm. And you know, they'll never say some, stop something directly, but they'll they'll do that. So I was like, Ugh, this ain't no good. Um, but so we, um, you know. We 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 kind of knock that shit off. But there was uh, there was one person who was doing the shows with us, and she was a very talented person. And uh, I'll say her name. Her name was Penelope uh, Corin, and she and she um, and and she got fired from theater sports as kind of an example of this, and uh, to to show other people, huh? And the way they fired her was a shitty way, which was we all had our pay boxes in the office and you'd go on payday to go and you'd say there's your box and you would open it up and you get your checkout and you'd shut your box and if there was some mail for you you'd uh, you'd get it and uh they just took her box away it was gone and uh they went where's where's my box she says and uh it's like oh something i don't know they wouldn't say anything really it it was basically get the message yeah yeah. it's like it might be in the uh it might be in the general box it's like oh yeah it's here what's going on huh they wouldn't tell her. Hmm. It was like, so they were firing her without firing her in the most gutless way. Yeah, yeah. So I felt bad about this, and so did a couple of other people. And and we went like, we got we to gotta get some work for her. She's great. Like, we got to get some work for her. Yeah. And so we came up with a show. And also, uh, there was another performer who wasn't getting a lot of work at that point named uh, Nick. And he was a... He was a stunt coordinator. who was a master of uh, like a sword master. Sure. So we went. Let's do a sword. Let's do a sword based uh, thing. And so we went. Okay, let's do that. Uh, and so we were uh, pitching this together, and we were we were going to try and get her into a show at theater sports. We we're going to like do this show, and we were going to cast her in the show in theater sports, and this was going to bring her back into theater sports. Yeah. Um, but then while while developing this for theater sports, we realized we couldn't do it at theater sports because it was just too. It was beyond them. They couldn't do it. And the big, the big point where I realized this was we went, we want to have a fight uh, on, on some steps. But you know how they have the fights on those big sweeping long staircases, like in Robin Hood. But we want to have this fight on, on four steps. 
and we're gonna we're gonna stage like the sword fight on these four steps, and it'll be really dramatic, but it'll be like we're going up this long staircase and do all the same those kind of things, and uh, it'll be like oh I might fall off, and it'll be that kind of stuff, <laughs> and and so we pitched that, and uh, the guy who's in charge went yeah we can't afford to build stairs. <laughs> And I went, oh, well, it's four steps. You can afford to build four steps for, for this for this one gag. And I'm like, yeah, we just don't have it in the budget for that. And I went, hey, you know what? I'll pay for the four steps. I'll pay for four steps out of my salary, no problem. Let's do it. Yeah, I don't think it's something we want to have on our stage. And like, let's just have it on our regular stage. And if we could not have a set, that'd be great. We'll just do it on our regular set. Okay, but we're going to need costumes. Yeah, I don't know. Really? Yeah, it was just like, absolutely. It was like, well, we can't do it. So, so went like, okay, but I want to use Penelope and I want to use it. So we did our own, uh, we, we were going to do it, uh, in our own theater space. Yeah. You know, that ended up happening. Uh, but, but what I, what I knew was like, theater Sports was going to get mad about that. So what I'm going to have to do is I'm going to have to be the sacrificial lamb here. So I went up to the, uh, the manager who's at the time Jay and I went like, uh, I'm gonna. I really want to move on and do this play, uh, and I understand that it's kind of competition with theater sports. And I just want to make sure. And I'm gonna leave theater sports for this. So it's not like I'm doing this show and I'm doing theater sports. I know you've got a problem with that, and the reason they have a problem with that is because uh, the people that set up the rules for you can't have conflict of like doing something that theater sports is doing at the same time theater sports is doing it is because they did that. They oh. actively did that. The person I'm talking to about that is the reason for the rule, you know, <laughs> actually did that. So I'm talking to the person who committed the crime, and now there's a law that's basically is called Steve's Law. And I'm talking to Steve <laughs> and saying, like, look, I'm not going to break Steve's Law. Yeah. Steve. Anyway, so so I say to him that I'm leaving, you know, the company and I'll do that. But I just want to make sure that you're not going to take this out on any of the other performers. Yeah. I just Because I'm not going to do this if that's what you're going to do. Because I know that's their style, and I'm saying this like really, and I always say this in this corny way, man to man. Just like, sure. just tell me, promise me you're not going to take this out on them, and and then everything's cool. Because you know I've done I've done tons of shows for you. I've made you a lot of money. I've I've, I've made you a TV show. I've won you like a Jesse Award. You know uh, all this other stuff. We're we're good, right? We're going to leave like under good, and I, and I might come back in the future and do more stuff for you, but not if you treat these people badly. And he went, no, of course not. We got no problem with this. This is exactly what we want to do. And we love seeing people developing stuff. It's fantastic. I'm looking forward to seeing it. I can't get enough of it. Great. We're leaving <laughs> under good circumstances. <laughs> okay. Fantastic. So go off to do the show. And almost immediately, he calls Nick into his office and is told, yeah, you know, people are really upset about this show. Uh, and uh, if uh, I, I would say you, you can't be part of it. Otherwise, you're just not going to have a future here. So yeah, so immediately after I left, he he did that, and then and then and Nick, who uh, as you know has a history of um, you know he's written a show about his brutal uh, bullying that he got in the Catholic Church that you know it was sexual assault was horrible it was beyond bullying yeah. but like he hates a bully yeah, yeah. He can't stand a bully yeah. so his immediate thing was like fuck you no I'm gonna do the show yeah uh, and of course it's all said not in a fuck you way but it's all done in a advice way of like we're just advising you you shouldn't do it you know, we're giving you this friendly advice and he's like I appreciate your friendly advice I'm gonna still do the show okay but we're just telling you friendly advice wise that you shouldn't I'm friendly back at you friendly 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 yeah. friendly, friendly 
Okay. So anyway, and then they blackball him basically for all time. Wow. So, so yeah, so that was like, that's how my good uh, vibes with the company turned into bad vibes with the company. Cause you know, they treated, uh, two people that I, that I liked very, very badly. And then we did that show and I was actually quite proud of how that show went and people from the company came and gave us congratulations on the show and how well it went. And I kept thinking, but you also were the people that called them into a room and said, don't do this show. And if Nick had said to me, I've decided not to do the show, he was one of the producers on the show and a co-creator of it, yeah. we wouldn't have been able to do the show. And I would have like lost thousands of dollars that I had invested in the show. Yeah. So that was just my own personal story of like how I got screwed over. And I was someone who had done a lot for them and was known and then the way people who weren't known was were much much worse. And mm-hmm. then and then if you were a woman, holy shit, were you treated badly? Mm. Oh my god! Is that right? Oh my god! So yes, everyone's got a story. So yes. people like I don't want to maybe I shouldn't say names. No, you shouldn't say names. You can just make up a name or just whatever. Can I give you? Can I give you? Can I give you initials? You can give me a first initial, and I'll probably get it. Okay, so. People you perform with, female performers you perform with, like C, yeah, and D, yeah. they were they were poorly treated. Um. Okay. Now you've now you've gone into yes. Okay. Yeah, they were. Wow. Okay. First of all, uh, I just mean in terms. Sorry, I just mean in terms of the actual. I mean, just in terms of the actual like company itself, not not anything outside of that. Like I well, know this, that I know there are other this, issues. There of, is there is another issue. Yeah. But the other issue, you know, is. The theater put them into a position where that kind of thing happened, and then mm. there was some okay. cover-up. But like, oh, uh, example, one of the people Jeez. that you're talking about there, uh, and I'm gonna—I'm—it's weird that we're using initials because I'm gonna say it this way. Um, they left to form their own company. Yeah, and and so we there'd be meetings, there'd be uh, performers meetings, mm-hmm. and the guy who was the head of the company would come and would talk about one of those women that you're talking about, and he'd call her the c-word. In front of uh, in front of everybody, and the one part is like, well, she's a friend of mine. This really burns me that you're doing this. But I realize that the other thing that he's doing is he's letting everyone who's there know if you leave the company, this is the way you're going to be treated. It's basically like a cult where like there is never a reason to leave a cult. Yeah. You have no excuse to leave a cult, and if you leave a cult, you're an enemy of the cult. <laughs> and that's 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 not what this sh- in any way should be. But yeah. That was that was something that I like famously uh, like had a blow up uh, with with him where he was uh, we were having a meeting and it was about you know, it was all the performers around and he was talking about how this person was was doing corporate events and a corporate event is about a three person show maybe with a tech person and you go to a corporation or somewhere else and and you do like about a half hour of improv. And, uh, you know, it's, it's what pays the most. Sure. Sure. And, and, and this person, uh, who's my friend, uh, was doing corporate events and she was charging less than theater sports. Mm. But what she was doing was she was paying the performers much, much more. Ah. So, so she's, you know, the re- she's getting good talent coming out to the shows. Yeah. She was getting good talent and, and, and he was going, you know, it's just wrong that she's doing this. And my and my question to him was why? Mm. Why is that wrong? Yeah. Like us as performers, we're getting paid more. The customer is getting the same show, 
same quality show, if not better, yeah. uh, for less money. Why should we be fixing our prices right now, which is actually illegal to do? You can't like be two companies and just fix your prices. You know, uh, like what's 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 wrong about it? the reason that you uh, pay us less is because you built up all these expenses around and debt that we're we we have to pay for. You know, where she doesn't have this debt. Uh, and we're doing the same show. So what's the ethical dilemma? And why does that mean she's a C word? Hmm. And uh, and he couldn't really answer that. And I'm saying this, and it sounds like one of those stories where, and I said this to him, and he was <laughs> like, oh, no. I'm like, and I won that argument. But I didn't really win the argument because it's like he didn't know, but also he didn't have to know yeah. because he has all the power. So he doesn't have to answer mm -hmm. my fucking question. Yeah. You know, he doesn't have to. Who cares? You know, uh, people love doing improv, and, uh, and and he'll always have like a, enough people who'll want to do it. And if someone quits, he'll have someone else who'll want to step step in and do it. And there you go. And yeah, it was just this atmosphere of bullying. And again, the you know the amount of people who would like who posted or have been talking on my board and other places about how you know they just have creeps around them. They just have the the married the married men of main stage, you know, mm -hmm. who'd be like floating around. And the way that you would get work is you'd go not necessarily sleep with them, but you would go to drinks with, have drinks with them, mm -hmm. hang out with them. Yeah, this is this is what you got to do. You got to hang out with these older married guys because that's you know you got to play ball. And it's just ugh, so so terrible. But but the uh, the thing about. Um, the thing about, you know, Chevy Chase being in Saturday Night Live for, for so long, you know, Chevy Chase just knows white people. And and when you've got people who have been there for 20 years, 30 years, uh, 40 years, you know, people who basically quite often look like you and and are the same religion as you and hang around the same things as you and like the same things as you and go to the same movies as you. So you've got you don't get that diversity, mm -hmm. you know, of cast. And then after 40 years. You you as this person did looked at the looked at the cast and just went what well this is ridiculous the only the only uh, black person uh, who's been a, a lead in uh, in or on Theater Sports main stage was Dan Joffrey who's a friend of mine yeah uh, and and that was it in forty years right. and if you compare it to like stand up well no there's tons of people you know, of, of, of color and stand up in Vancouver, which, you know, you could go, what's Vancouver? Yeah. Well, look at stand at a stand up club. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's right. It is much more diverse. It's just this unique <laughs> thing here. That's like, there's clearly a problem. Yeah. 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 And I remember after Dan, uh, Dan quit to go and do his own thing. There was a big meeting, uh, that was held. That was like, what to do about Dan? Cause now he's competition because it's a cult, you know? And so it's like, you know, now this guy who was like this big success for you, who's a friendly guy, it's like the nicest guy in the world, you know, uh, there's a, there's a meeting to go, what do you do? And, uh, and someone stood up and went like, yeah, we made him. How, how dare he? And then other people went, seeing the way this was going just went he's totally got the right to do this and they, they kind of turned things around because i think they saw oh no this is where i'm heading like, <laughs> like if, I, if i'm for this then i'm never getting out yeah and yeah. also friends with the guy and some of them were actually going to be doing his show as well so there was a lot of that but yeah that's that's all the stuff that kind of blew up this week wow. and yeah. it's it's been really yeah quite quite emotional there's been a there's, oh, there's been a lot of stuff blowing up this week it seems like it's uh it's there's a kind of a combination of me too black black lives matter you know and then yeah just everyone's just letting it letting it go 
It's, yeah, there was a thing. Every time you the... go into Twitter, it just feels like, oh, now the comic, now in comics also, there seems to be people who are being, uh, I don't outed. Is that a word? I don't know how to how to say it. Like, uh, you can say that. that well, women are speaking up. There's like, uh, yeah, yeah. Is it Chris Crystalaria? Yeah, he got. Uh, I don't know who that yeah, is. It's, is that a comic? Okay, that's a, is he's he, a stand-up is, comic. Oh, okay. I was thinking not just comic, but I was also thinking in, in comic books as well that there were a lot of people are being uh, named or not, not if not named at least. It's brought yeah. up. It's brought up that there's a lot of creepy going on, and well, what you're getting is very similar to what's what happened with improv as well. This mm-hmm. is the thing that's weird to me, is because I do work in the comic industry and I work in improv. Oh, and it's like, so you're the common uh, factor. I'm the common guy, and I just like <laughs> fucking people up. Um, but what it what it is is it's 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 not it's not pedophiles. It's it's no. guys that are you know it's like a guy who's you know in his early thirties. Yeah. Who's hang or you know mid mid twenties whatever yeah uh, but who's like hanging out with uh, the new sixteen year old who's here and you know and maybe nothing happens maybe they just hang out but there's a lot of that and there's a lot of like hanging around there's a lot of hanging around yeah. with like a guy who's substantially older and and these young people and it's you know it's not something specific because yeah. you could just go well they are technically of age and it's like. That's great. You know, when you have to use the expression, they are technically of age. <laughs> technically of age. That's what I say all the time. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's just, yeah, it's, it's one of those things. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. mean, obviously it can go too far. I can see how it can be flattering to sure. older people to be allowed into sort of the, the young in-group, you know, and that's, that's very, you know, that's very uh, flattering and kind of, and kind of uh, affirming yourself as well. You know, like, hey, I'm not washed up. I'm still acceptable to these young people but yes you you don't go any farther than that of course because that is yeah yeah there was a guy i knew who i worked with regularly uh who yeah would very much have that i still got it thing (laughs) he had to be you know he, he had to be you know validated yeah by someone who was young and pretty thinking that they were attractive yeah it was like a vampire that needed to feed (laughs) on that kind of thing and unfortunately that's there's too many of those fucking vampires that are out there in like all these different industries yeah and uh and yeah it is flattering when you're you know being being groomed you know it's very it's very flattering i know know i'm talking about i mean yeah i guess but also it's flattering for the person who I guess it's doing the grooming if that's what you think it is, but oh, it's mutually, it's mutual. Yeah, yeah, it's very mutually flattering. It's like, oh, this uh, mature, mature fella is like taking interest in me. He's treating me like an adult, yeah. and you feel like you're an adult. So this is great. And then I was like, oh, wait a second, this person who is as young as I think I feel, hmm. you know, is is doing this, and it's like, yeah, but you've got so much more power over this person, and you don't see it as that. Yeah, and and there's just so many things that are wrong about it. And again, it just comes down to we've just been used to this for so long. It's like older guy, younger gal, but mm-hmm. that's just how it is. It's uh, there you go. And it just, it just becomes this thing that happens over and over and over again. And, and yeah, right now women, especially in the comics industry are calling out creeps and uh, good. And, and there's, yeah. and there's, it's not just women. There are, there are, there are, um, as in, they're not just women calling out, you know, uh, guys, there, there was a, there was a woman who was a predator who was in the comics industry until recently, who I knew quite well. And, uh, and she got outed as well. And, and they kind of got rid of her. Um, and that's a good thing, but there are still people who are clear, have clearly done some really bad shit that are still floating around. And that again happens in improv as well. And it's like, ugh. yeah. 
But not in podcasting. Podcasting is clean. Yeah, no, nothing <laughs> happening here, folks. Nope, no podcasting. Do not happens. investigate Sneaky Dragon, everyone. Nope. The uh, the damsels that he eats are all. It's all. It's all. Uh, consensual. It's all consensual. It's all consensual. All the damsels are in their mid forties. They're all in their mid forties that he is eating. That's just not. You know, no, no young maidens have been consumed by Sneaky Dragon without their consent. So. Yep. Again, it's one of these. Pro- it's one of these things where like. It's such a it's such a thing that's like so uh, ingrained into the all the industries yeah. that you're like you want to stop it, but like okay, well let me just fight the tide right now. It's just, <laughs> you, know, you can try, you can build some dams and do your best, yeah. but like it's just so everything is so soaking in it yeah. that uh, it's uh, difficult. But again, it, you, you you get these little moments in history like the Me Too, uh, you know, uh, time in like 2015 where it it, it just things change a bit and they get a bit better and like hopefully that's what's happening here as well that's one of the complaints that uh people uh had on the the theater sports uh instagram thing was uh you know in 2015 there was a big thing about me too and like kind of cleaning out the creeps and 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 the younger people are going like what happened with that Mm. where'd they go what'd you do yeah because there was a lot of talk what happened i was like "Mm, do you fire a bunch of people (laughs) Well, I, I'm like, hmm, okay, good. So why are we going to trust you? You're going to take care of this. And it's like, yeah, good point. <laughs> yeah. The same people that didn't do anything last time are probably not going to do anything this time, uh, but they are going to uh, spin you a whole, uh, a whole bunch of goods. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, it's interesting. And there's a sad, there's a sad, uh, there's a side thing too, where um, women who talk online about this and will bring up that they were treated badly in some way or, or harassed will then kind of get swarmed by two sets of guys. And it's almost always guys. One, one set of guys is the, um, you know, defending the person if they were in any way named or implied. Yeah. And like, we'll say, I love their work. And like, first of all, who fucking cares if you love their work? It doesn't matter (laughs) at all. Yeah. 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 Picasso's an asshole. It doesn't matter. It works great. But the other one would, is the person who thinks they're actually helping, which is going like, well, name them, name them all, name them all right now, name them. You know, don't just say, you know, say nothing. You have a you, you have an obligation to name everything and, and tell your story. You've got to. And it's like they might not be ready to do that. They may just be a little ready to talk about a little something. Yeah. And you can't force a person to, you know, uh, spill all the beans about everything. But they feel they've got a right to this person's story. And it's like you don't. You don't. You don't have a right. You have a right to. You you can support the person, but you can't force them to to, to tell the story. You know that can only happen when they feel that they're they're ready and they have an environment where that's that's permitted. But yeah, they they feel like they're being you know uh, the good guy by like going, no, we've got to like find it all out now and, and then we'll take care of it. It's like, well, you're not going to take care of it, and you're not taking care of it right now. You're being an asshole. <laughs> so so don't do don't do either of those things. Yes, yes, yes. It's the kind of thing that makes you have a heavy sigh. It sure does. It sure does. You know, like, I just, uh, yeah, it's too bad. It's too bad. It really is. I mean, you know, you're put in a position where you, ha- you know, where you have an opportunity to help people, you know, find a foot in the foot in the door, put a foot, you know, have a place in the industry, have a, you know, give them a leg, help, give them a chance, right? Give them a leg up and then you, you turn, you sexualize it and or turn into a power thing. And yeah, it's a sad, you know. Like, it's just sad. Yeah. And I just want people to have, I mean, being able to perform and write and do all these kind of things quite literally saved my life. You yeah. know? Yeah, yeah. Really, 
really did. And I want the same environment, not I want a better environment, but I want, I want the same opportunities to be there for like as many people as possible. Again, that's why I do that page. Yeah. It's like, I want them to have the same shot at getting what I got out of this, out of, out of that. I, I, I did a essay like a, a long time ago about how some, like four different people I know uh, are performers that are doing okay. And they all had sisters and the sisters all turned to drugs and in two of those cases, they're now gone. Mm. Like, uh, and they grew up in the same houses. Yeah. You know, um, they grew up with the same, you know, parents. And in in those cases, the, the guys felt they had uh, an out with comedy. They mm-hmm. had an out with performing. They, sure. This was a thing they could do. Whereas... I don't know if that was ever something that the other their sisters could have considered, and it was just this this thing of like, oh shit, oh shit. And when I said that to my my wife, she went like, yeah, women women aren't allowed to be funny in that way. They're not they're not told that. They're not rewarded with that from 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 the start in the same way. Yeah. And I was like, uh, oh yeah, of course not. Shit. Okay. Well, that really needs to be fucking changed. Yeah. And so when I, when I hear, you know, of, uh, you know, someone who's like gone to the point where like, I'm going to take workshops. I'm, I'm, I really want to do this. I'm like, Oh my God, they've got a shot of like, this is great. And then they, they run into this wall of bullshit. Mm-hmm. Just like, Oh, sh- fuck. It just makes me especially, especially angry. Yeah. If the, if the talents there and the opportunities there, of course, is someone who also, you know, I've, I have a brother with drug drug addiction issues, and so I know it's more complicated than just he didn't get to do comedy. But you know, it's uh, yes, it's a it's sad when there's no outlet for people, when there's no opportunities for them to, or no way they a way they feel trapped into you know there's no other options for them but but making bad choices, you know. And and you know, you and I have both dealt with depression as well. Yeah, like mm-hmm. even got certain outlets that we've got and we've got loving families yeah even 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 with that with all the positives you know <laughs> yes. it's still the, the darkness still you know shows up at the door every so often you're like oh it's uh, darker than i expected it to be <laughs> yeah yeah you know? yeah I, I, it doesn't it I, doesn't it, it's not a magic uh, solution no it's it just it is, does yeah. help though but yeah. it sure does help it sure well it certainly helped me as a kid uh you know is to have a yeah, to have a thing to work on, you know, to have a, mm-hmm. you know, you know, uh, drawing was part of that too, but, but yeah, having a something that I love so much, which was comedy, and just being able to, to you know, take a tape recorder and just blather on into it, make myself laugh. That was you know really important, you know, as a mm-hmm. as a lonely kid. That was a, a nice feeling sometimes. And yeah, it's it's sad. Yeah, it's very sad. And also, you know, I have a. I have two hilarious daughters, so I don't believe in this uh, not fu- women aren't funny thing. So oh no, that's complete bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> we that's know. that's a hundred percent bullshit. And just I'd like to introduce you to Elaine May. You know, yeah, just tell me. That, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Fuck, fuck off with that stuff. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? It's crazy. Yeah, it's weird when people actually still do buy that kind of stuff, and they're like, really? Mm. Like uh, to the point where I now go. Like, I don't get mad about it. I just mm. go, that's adorable. You still <laughs> really, it's like someone going, you know, leprechauns are real. Yeah. What? <laughs> no, they are. I mean, yeah. th- look, I know like the Lucky Charms is not, I know that. I'm just saying they're based on a real thing. Yeah, sure. It's like, oh, okay, yeah. sure. <laughs> okay. You know, you can, you can like Christopher Hitchens, but you don't have to believe everything he says. 
Oh man, I've had that article explained to me so many times. <laughs> no, what he's really saying is, well, then he made a mistake. Then it wasn't very good as a writer. Then you're like the tenth guy that's got to tell me what he really meant. And your way of what he really meant is not the same as the other way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 no, he was uh, just he was just a gadfly. Just wanted to get under people's skin sometimes. I know. Sometimes people are contrarians. Yeah, and, you know. Yeah. It's it's just it's it's the it's the way they so it's know. fine and I think in the case of Hitchens I think it's fine that he wrote that article mm-hmm. I just don't think people should be ar- arguing from it do you know what I mean no <laughs> like like you know you shouldn't be like opening up and saying but listen to what Christopher Hitchens said about it no that's not because he's you know a crotchety old guy who you know is writing an article for a magazine that's that was his goal was to write an article for a magazine. If you talked to him about this a week later, he probably would have disavowed it. You know, he might have been, oh, that's just where I was that week. The next week I thought, you know what? Women are hilarious. <laughs> you know? Wait, just two, two things really quickly. One thing, one thing is uh, there, was a, there was a discussion. Oh, here's the thing. Like uh, a couple of things that were said to people. Again, I'm just going to use theater sports as an example. Sure. Uh, a couple of things that were said to to people I knew. One was, you know, there's one woman who wanted to like uh, be hired uh, and was working, and and she was told, oh, we've already got a chubby woman, so we don't need you. Blech. Like that's nice. Yeah. Another woman who was hired, who I think might have been that woman that he was talking about, uh, was uh, was told she's um, she's bisexual. And so she was uh, doing a scene with another woman and was told, yeah, people don't really feel that comfortable with that. If you could just just do the just do the heterosexual scenes, that would be great. Because, you know, it's an audience here who, you know. My go. gosh. And, and then also was told when she cut her hair, uh, well, you've lost your sex appeal. So that really limits you on stage. It was like all this really dark fucking shit. But like I've, I've heard other debates about this. There was a debate uh, about this on um, this, uh, a really good improviser named Patty Styles, And on her board was talking about uh, men kissing on stage. And the problem with men kissing on stage yeah. is it gets a laugh. Mm-hmm. And like, do you want to have that laugh of men kissing on stage? And I did a, I did a show called Star Trek where – we did do, you know, a thing where like uh, Spock and uh, McCoy had a had a, you know, were attracted to each other. Okay. And yeah, it did play that kind of, you know, gay panic kind of thing off the top. But then it built to something different. I felt. Yeah. And my feeling on, like, my feeling is so fucking obvious about what you do with the <laughs> the men kissing thing is like, yeah, uh, the first time that people see men kissing, they will laugh. Second time they see men kissing, they will laugh less. The third time they see it. It's normal. Problem fucking solved. <laughs> yeah, it's I, just become a thing. Yeah, that's right. But if you, but if you, if you go pull the ripcord the second the first thing happens, like, yeah. oh, they're laughing. We gotta no, no, no. Everything straight it up, straight it up. It's like, well, fuck off. That's just that's just so stupid. But so, were they worried that it was an easy laugh? I don't understand. They're they're they were worried that like, theater sports that is the, kind of about comedy. It's not you're not trying to do serious drama up there. So is. It's not that it's an easy laugh. It's like the laugh was, uh, well, if you're talking about two guys kissing, the laugh is, oh, these guys are awkward and they don't want to kiss each other. Oh, boy, but they got it. Oh, geez, could you imagine? Oh, man. (laughs) And if it's two women, quite often it's, oh, yeah, man, look at them. Look at them. They're sexy. It's kissing. This girl's kissing. Right on. Oh, man. It's like it's that. It's It's the two dumb freaking things. But if you do it the second time, less so. Third time, 
much less so. And we've got, again, we do the critical hit show and we've got a same sex relationship in that show. And two of the characters who are women kiss in that show. And yeah, sometimes you get a woo, uh, (laughs) the first time that they kiss, but it's, but it's sweet and it's a relationship and it's okay. And because it happens so much, you know, or they, you know, they, they don't just make it a, a stunt I yeah. think that's the thing. It's not a stunt. Uh, yeah. Then it's, uh, it's it's fine. You just got to like take the stunt out of it. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. I, I when to... you were saying that about the the two women uh, performing in a scene like that together, then I was I was actually thinking to myself, well, that's really interesting because that's something that you don't see on stage very much. And I don't mean the kissing part. I mean the living together part. Like it would be fun <laughs> to see two women you know, whether bisexual or lesbian, but sort of having, making some comedy out of that experience, you know, like, because I can't live that experience. You know what I mean? And I can't, I guess I could like sit in, uh, you know, sneak into a lesbian's apartment and, and sneak and watch them living together. But I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with no, that. It's yeah, fine, right? I just be saying, listen, I don't you know to see this I in real life. I'm just trying to observe. homophobic if you didn't do that. Well, I would, exactly. I would have my binoculars. And I'd be like, I- I'm a lesbian watcher. It's okay. Just studying you in your natural setting. Yeah. But, no, it would just be interesting on stage to to see, you know, you know what I mean, right? Like to have the humor out of that, and and because you know when you your 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 exposure to the most part to to gay lifestyle is either as as sort of a broad joke, you know what I mean, or a very serious thing, but you don't really get it as like this is just normal life, and this mm-hmm. is what we do together. We sit around the apartment, and then we get in a fight about this, or we you know, I can't cook and I'm, you know what I mean? Like this, it's just normal life. Like it's not yeah. anything special, but it would just be so interesting to watch it from that viewpoint, you know, where it's just normalized and not made into some hy- hysterical thing. Like, are you like say gay panic sort of situation? Just well, I, that's how what it is, you know, and here's your I opportunity. Remember, uh, yeah. I remember uh, Dan Joffrey at one point we're backstage. Yeah. And he's killing. He says he always does. <laughs> and he just, he just turns, he turns to me and just goes, why are there no other black performers? <laughs> and I, I said to him, Oh, that seems, I feel like I should ask you that. Um, but, uh, and then, and then I went like, Oh, I think there will be because you're on stage. And like, if you come to see a comedy show yeah, and you don't see yourself on stage, mm. uh, you're not going to connect with that comedy show. You might laugh. You might be okay. You might come again, but you're not going to connect with it and you're not going to feel represented. And you're not going to think I-, I can do this. Because unless you see someone else that looks like you or feels like you, you're not gonna, you're not gonna, you're not gonna really come back. It's not gonna connect with you. And I thought, oh, okay, that's <laughs> there. And and then recently, um, I was talking to my wife uh, Pia. I, I should mention her name so you know which wife I'm talking about. <laughs> Thanks. Um, Thanks for. I don't see enough clear. Mormons on stage, except in that Book of Mormon thing. <laughs> um, I was I was talking to her because the first time she ever saw me saw me was uh was aside from concerts we went to that we didn't know we were at the same in the same room uh was in star trek yeah and and she she went to see the show and she really connected with it because she was a nerd and she liked star trek yeah and she saw this amazing uh i'm saying amazing i was in it but it was a really good show (laughs) and 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 she just went oh this is fantastic and she really connected with it and felt like it was speaking to her. Yeah. And her and her friends, you know, got it. And they kept came back a couple of more times. They brought people. It was really exciting. And then one night they came to on the wrong night when it was just a regular theater sports show. Okay. And they came and they saw it and it was like, eh, it was funny, but you know, it it didn't connect with them. Yeah. There was no 
wasn't speaking to them. Sure. And so they didn't go back to theater sports. They, they just would come to see Star Trek, but the, sh- but it meant a lot to them seeing this, this show that uh, they felt was like, this show is for us. And there's what, what other live show is out there is for us, for a nerd. What hmm. else, what else is there? Nothing like this. Yeah. And so, yeah, they, they it, it felt like, mm. and then, you know, quite a few people, Later on, as I've been talking about things this week, uh, have said, "Oh yeah, I got into improv because of Star Trek. I that was the first show I saw, yeah, and that was that hooked me. And uh, and and I went, oh yeah, I want to be part of this. I was like, oh, okay, well, so it's important. So if you're say if you're a gay person and you go to see a theater show and it's all, you know, straight white stuff, well, but or even just you know, even just like uh, the gay cast members having to play the straight white stuff. Yeah, that's even more alienating. Yeah." You know, yeah, yeah. You're just you're you're basically being told in a nice way you're not welcome here. This isn't for you. You can watch it; it's fine, but it's not for you. So so you know, but you know, go and do your own thing. You know, but uh, please come and enjoy the show if you want for a laugh. But it's not for you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think for me, I I I mean, I, I always enjoyed theater sports to a degree, but. I think when I realized that the fix was in, that I kind of lost lost interest a little bit in it that way. Oh, how do you mean the fix was in? That's just that it's just just that it's pretend. You know that there's not they're not really at a loss for for words. They're not they don't they re, that that they're not real. You know they're not actually scared that you're going to suggest this thing. That it's you know they're just there's a, a certain amount of pretend. And the p- most egregious to me was seeing. Uh, is it talking hands? What is it called where the person puts her hands through the other person? Arms. 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 Okay. There was an arm scene. And in the scene, the person being interviewed panics and can't think of what to say. And then, so they flipped the person who was doing the arms over them. And that person mm-hmm. took over for them. And then the person who had originally been talking stuck his arms through and he became the, the arms. And the other person took over the interview. And yeah, I was like, that was a pretty common oh, stunt. Yeah. So brilliant. And then, you know, next time I went a, a week later, they did it again. And I was like, ah, oh, so it's a common, it's a common thing. Okay. Well, oh, well, <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's one of those things where it's great the first time, but you just, you know, kind of like my movie theory of, you know, movies really only work once. So. That that was that used to be a real uh, sour spot for me when I was when I was hosting. I would almost always try to come up with new scenes, mm-hmm. and I try to come up with new scenes because I would I would watch the actors yeah. uh, uh, just wake up and sure, sure. and they'd be and they'd be scared and they'd yeah. be sometimes a little annoyed uh, <laughs> because. But if they, but if you were if you ask them to do a scene that they were used to doing, mm-hmm. they got and they have they fall into the rhythms, they fall into the muscle memory. And that's it. what I mean. That's but that's what I mean by the fix was twist. in, right? You gotta, yeah. yeah, you got to throw a twist onto mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. and so you sincerely have to like. And even if and even if you know the muscle memory, like the only time you would do that is if you were doing a corporate event to me, and it's like you you this person paid a lot of money to get a show that's tight, and like I'm not gonna fuck around. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you what I know works or if like I, if I go to like Seattle to do something and it's like, I've got to, I'm going to, I'm going to bring the a game and I know the stunts that are going to work. And I know this is going to like kill in this room that hasn't seen this kind of thing before. If if you know, but if I'm, if I'm on our own stage, yeah, you know, wake it up, you know, you gotta, mm, you gotta, you know, <laughs> but yeah, some people like doing the same old, same old. The one thing that I've never actually and I'm, maybe I'm able to figure out what this is. Uh, maybe you can help me with this. Um, years and years and years ago, yeah. we had to take an unlearning racism workshop at the theater. And it was because we um, 
had a song, and in the middle of this song, it was about Vancouver, okay. and we talked about uh, Asian youth gangs in the lane. Uh, it was a Christmas show, yeah, and so it was like an Asian youth gangs in the lane, and there there were yes, there <laughs> Asian were Asian youth gangs, gangs yes, yeah, there that was a, that was a true thing, um, but it got brought up, I believe, in a newspaper article, and it was like, uh, oh, this is racist, and it's like, oh no, okay, so we, uh, so <laughs> right. so theater, so theater sports brought in some people to give us this unlearning racism workshop that was similar to the kind that you would get in, I think they parodied in the office, uh, but like similar you would get like at an office job. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But, but the one thing that we asked them that they couldn't answer was, and I'm now thinking I might actually have the answer now that I'm talking about it, uh, <laughs> is, is like if you ask the audience for a place and they say China, and now we're going to do a scene, and the scene's going to be about three minutes to four minutes, and it's going to take place in China. Yeah. So that gives us about 15 seconds to 30 seconds to set up China. Mm -hmm. Now, how are you able, without using a stereotype, to set up the environment of China without, you know, in, in 15 to seconds to 30 seconds? Yeah. How do you do it? And, uh, and, and there you are. And how do you make that work? Or do you just go... We're not going to take that. Yeah, we're only going to do. We're only going to if, if say, we're an all Caucasian cast. Yeah, which, you know, if then we'll uh, we can only take Europe. We can only take <laughs> you know specifically Sweden if we could. Sure, but sure. now that now that I'm thinking about it, you know, the answer clearly is the big problem is that we're the all white cast that yes. can only do Germany <laughs> and Europe. Yeah, it's uh, it's the same thing as the gay kiss. It's like, you know, the problem is you need more <laughs> to make this make sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess that's yeah. the answer there. I I mean, it's so tricky, isn't it? Because even though even though the the um the characterizations were could be offensive and broad, but people, you know, ethnic people loved. It va in va the days of vaudeville, they loved when the actors on stage per performed as them. Would do just the only thing worse than not being talked about. You know, yeah, talk it, but it's also you're seeing yourself on stage, and you're seeing things you recognize about yourself on stage. You know, they're playing on obviously they're playing on broad stereotypes of the culture, but you know those are often based in a reality. And the people who who know that about themselves are like, ah, that is that's us. That's totally that. That's Uncle Joe. He's to he's totally like this, you know. Yeah. And so they were excited by that. I guess. I mean, we're at a point now. They're not represented. Yeah, they're not represented anywhere else. Yeah, but I mean, of course, in those days, there was no, there were no black people in the in the cast in in vaudeville. There was no black people in the audience watching it. All that took place in a different circuit on the Chitlin circuit, you know. So there was no actual dealing with the idea of of real people of color like this is just eth ethnic things whether they're italian or or german or russian or whatever and so that sense it's still white people just making fun of white people ah <sighs> yeah it's a tricky yeah, one it isn't reminds it? Me of, it reminds me of what they were saying about the cotton club mm -hmm. and just like you know so where where did black people like sit in the cotton club well they didn't didn't invite black people to the cotton club mm. you either were a performer or you weren't yeah there and, and when you're and a performer, I, you went in the went in out the back door. You didn't get to go. Yeah, and it feels like you're really going down different levels here. Which is like, you know, what's better? Like, uh, if you're not being talked about at all, oh well, that's not good. Okay, well, wait a second. What <laughs> if someone who isn't isn't your race yeah. is talking about you? Yeah. Well, that's a little better. That's a, I gotta say, that's a little better, and I got I appreciate that. That's yeah. that's nice to see. Yeah. Okay then. And then uh, <laughs> and then and, but then over time, yeah. you go like, 
wait a minute. <laughs> you know, what would be the next level is if I actually got to talk for myself. That would be like, nice yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. I think that's. Uh, I think that's where we got to go. Mm-hmm. I think you know, it's it was it was one step at a time, and then, oof. yeah. Well, especially in a city like Vancouver. I mean, using a you know China's example, like. There are more than enough talented Chinese people in Vancouver that you could fill. You could fill theater sports over three times over with talented. Yeah, that's where that gets ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Is that there weren't more, um, you know, Asian Canadian actors mm-hmm. that were doing stuff, and there was a, there like, was a reason. Like to be for honest, that. I can see like with black. I know your uh, your friend Dan Joffrey is asking you why aren't there more black people. To be honest, we don't in have fact, a, we don't any, have a huge black population. More, yeah, any, yeah, that's the thing. But if you again, if you walk down to punchlines or yuck yucks and like what are we having we're having like an open mic night okay Mm. let's count the amount of people here who you know are black uh oh it's quite a quite a few on stage like not quite a few but there'd be there'd be more than one in 40 sure sure yeah 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 (laughs) no no i know i know what you mean i I think that's just crazy but i'm just still saying like you know it's it's more crazy to me that there's not more east indians there's not more there's not more um Chinese, there's not more Japanese because those are a bigger part of our population here than than black people. Like Toronto, like Toronto Second City should be it should have tons of black black talent in it because that city is, you know, has a has a ginormous black population. And and there's and there's definitely is more, but do you fit into the stereotypes that are, uh, you know, there of like fat guy, <laughs> well, that, tall guy, that's a problem, uh, all it? American yeah, yeah. guy, yeah, yeah. a goofy woman, a beautiful woman. Yeah, do yeah. you do that? Now there was another. There was obviously there was another problem that was going on, which is, uh, as I mentioned, corporate events. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, corporate events are where you make money. So if you were someone who was different than the typical uh, white cast member, you were a woman, you were a person of color, you would get cast in corporate events all the time. Now, if there was someone else that came around, there was a new woman or a new person of color, they were now a competition to you, and so they could cost you money. Mm. So you would think that they would be supportive of the new person that would be coming in and also more stage time in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you, you get a little bit of a leg up by, by that. And so they would try to keep the new person down. Mm. And also there's just this general thing that I think we've got in human nature, which is when you see the new version of you, <laughs> that's a threat. Mm-hmm. And this person that I was talking about earlier who's kind of the real the guy who always had to um you know uh know that the ladies still liked him um when there was a new when there was a new handsome guy that showed up at the theater uh oh he hated him he hated him because he was the new guy yeah and he would start to talk some shit about him and just go you hear this guy you think he's funny i don't know it's <laughs> and, and it's like oh wow and and yeah. that would happen all the time too with mm-hmm. the with the women who were in the cast who were just like oh her do you like her I don't think I am. <laughs> and like oh no and it just it just was this thing of like the problem is you're all thinking so small and I know it's just a a regular human reaction to fear sure. your replacement but it doesn't have to be your replacement and the problem the real problem is that you think of them as your replacement because you're not leaving. Yeah. <laughs> like if, if you were thinking you're going on to something better yeah. and you have a chance to go on to something better like television, film, doing your own live shows, a one person show, a f- you know, then then you don't fear the new person who's coming in. Yeah. You know, but if like that person is coming in, then there's no room for you and this is your forever home. Oh boy. Yeah. Then, you know, you got to make sure that person leaves. And that was that was the case with, you know, you know, Asian actors was like, yeah, you got to stop that person gotta stop them cold because they're coming for my job and so and so yeah you get that limitation there are uh, it's it is very complicated you're right but i mean part of part of that dynamic 
you know, it's up. It should be management who's making these decisions, not the cast themselves. You know what I mean? Like they're the ones who should be taking the bull by the horns and and making these changes. Not, it shouldn't be up to the cast to and do that's this. A, yeah, that's that is a, that's its own other podcast. <laughs> but, yeah, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, I mean, we can disagree I, on that. I, I guess we can disagree I, on that. I, I, my, yeah, ob- my statement of obviousness. Here's, no, that's okay. Here's an interesting thing, though. Like Lisa's Please. school, um, you know, she's an ESL teacher to school, and right now there's a lot of you know, there's different waves of, of immigration. When she first started teaching ESL, it was Taiwanese kids, then it was Korean kids, and now it's mainland Chinese kids mm-hmm. who are who are coming over. And uh, and what's interesting is the teachers that are hardest on the Asian kids who have come over are other Asian teachers. Mm. They're the the most difficult to deal with. They're the ones that have 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 the high, you know, just uh, just have like a hate on for these kids, you know. And it really is really interesting because there is that sense. I don't think it's a sense of replacement, but it's a sense of I am being I am being pushed aside by these this new group that's coming in, and mm. so there's that resentment uh, of them, you know. There's the sense of you know m- my parents came here or my grandparents came here, you know, eighty years ago. And I, you know, our family had to work really hard to create, you know, to bring attention to Chinese people and for us to like, you know, and be to be able to afford to live here and blah, blah, blah. And now you guys show up and it's all changing. And now I'm mad at you about this, you know, and there's that right. element, you know, and so it's interesting. It's a, uh, it's, there's a, a funny dynamic, you're right, to all, to all of this. It's all very, it's all very complicated. It's if it, it involves is. humans. Oh, it? Well, maybe our question of the week will be, Solve this. <laughs> Please solve racism. Yeah, if you could just solve all of it. Just solve all of it. So that's our first question. It's well, like, solve all of it. Well, okay, all right. You know things... Uh, well, we'll I was just going to say... Oh, sorry. I was going to say, uh, you know things are bad in the comic book industry when Dave Sim looks like a good guy. That's what it's... it's really, <laughs> things are really looking bad. You know? Yeah, we're on, a, we're on a bell curve there, for that's sure. That's right. Well, at least he didn't... Blah, blah, blah. He became He became celibate, right? Am I right? Or something? Yes, like, he's celibate. The... That's right, he's celibate. You know what? Listen, if you gotta, if you gotta be a weirdo, <laughs> be a celibate weirdo. Because at least you're taking that off. The yeah, table, you that. Right? No one's worried about that. No one's talking about that with him about that. You know what? Listen, if you can start in your own religion, let me just say, bow a silence. <laughs> bow a silence. You're the quiet guy who keeps his hands to himself. Sure. Okay. And you know, you we're halfway there, brah. That's great. And and all the women that ruined his life. We're his age, so mm. you know. There you are. Props, props to you, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Yeah, I saw Dave some comic uh, in the on the stands today, and again, and like I always do, I just go, "Really? Still? Good for you." What, what okay. is it? What is it? What is it? What is it? Is he drawing it again? Like, it looked like a parody of. Um, it looked ironically, it looked like a parody. I think of what we were talking about last week, uh, Green Lantern, Green Arrow. I think that's what it. I think it was a parody of. Oh, you know what? I, I'll pick. I'll pick you up one. I have not been following uh, following Mr. Sim for the last little while. This is because I've been. No, you don't have to. Kind of busy. Don't. I've been kind of busy, but but uh, yeah, I go through my I go through my interested in phases, and so I think there might be a new Love and Rockets as well. Oh, nice! I've totally better. lost track of. I've totally lost track of those guys. I think I'll just wait for the trades because uh, okay. I liked that when they were doing their their collections into into the small books. Mm-hmm. And so, like a book would come out every four times a year, or whatever. That just seemed I I could keep track of that. I can't keep tra- track of floppies, not anymore. I just yeah, I just picked up uh, a new Sagi Jimbo trade, mm. and like ah, oh, you just know it's gonna be good. Yeah, it's yeah. True. This great. is just ah, this is just so good. That's a great feeling. Uh, yeah, I want to. 
I want this to be done. Um, I don't know how, if you do it live action or what you do with it, but I want Stephen Chow to direct it. I want uh, Stephen Chow to do Usagi. Uh, have you watched any lo- uh, recent Stephen Chow movies? Uh, the, mer- the, the mermaid. Yeah, I, I did watch the mermaid. That was that had some creepiness in it. <laughs> I, and you know he's working on, uh, or he was before pandemic. Yeah, uh, Kung Fu Hustle Two. Okay. So, okay. You know, mm. yeah, maybe. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's a good movie. Good movie. Yeah, there's. Uh, he's always interesting. My personal he did that alien one was weird. I like that one. Yeah, Q Nine or whatever it was called. That's kind of weird. Something like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was good. I like that one. Um, I just, yeah, yeah. Well, maybe it'd be good. Maybe him doing you say, but it shouldn't be a. Did you say Yusagi or Jimbo? Mm-hmm. Don't you think it should be a Japanese person doing that? Anyway, oh, very good. Okay, fine. <laughs> just think, just think it out loud. Sorry. No, no. You know what? Listen, we're we're, we're all, we are. You know what? I we'll solve racism. Having said that, yeah. there's no reason why a good director of any type could not make any property do it well. You know, I don't. You know. So you're saying uh, uh, Whit uh, Stillman? Walt Whitman? Whit Stil- Stillman doing Yusegi yeah. Jimbo? Yeah, yeah, I think so. <laughs> a, lot of scenes, yeah. a lot of scenes of him sitting around talking about uh, books. Yeah, I think, he fo- I think he follows me on Twitter. I'll, I'll write him after this whole scene. Yeah, he's, I, does he follow you? That's good. Doesn't follow I, think he, I think he might. There's some people that follow me on Twitter. That he doesn't I'm follow like, me. Well, he likes no. things that I say every once in a while. But, oh, that's nice. Yeah, good it sure. is. It's very, very pleasing to me. Uh, yeah. He's... Okay. Uh, He's about to get canceled, though. So that's <laughs> he's he's always he was always an inch away from that. So uh, <laughs> get your, your stuff done with him early. You know right. what? Listen, man, it's always a good time to get something done with Quentin Tarantino because again, <laughs> that guy razor's edge. Um, yeah, just about to do a movie based on the life of Aunt Jemima. So yeah. that's not. That's just asking for trouble. Um, <laughs> all right. I'm going to read some letters, uh, if, uh, if that's okay, from our message board. Yeah. Are you cool with that? Well, I just, yeah, I was just thinking about Tarantino and his tweet last week of All Feet Matter. But anyway, go on. Go ahead and read letters. Our friend uh, Jada Jackman, hey, she's back on the board, uh, <laughs> says, hey, guys, yeah. uh, first off, the title you were looking for, uh, this is last week, was uh, The Fault in Our Stars by John Green. Thank you. I did remember that, like, the next day I was thinking about it and went, The Fault in Our Stars. Oh, oh well. Uh, mine, was, our... mine was funnier. Yeah, I think John Green was also the sidekick on uh, Captain Kangaroo. Um, on, on <laughs> that's, reading, mis- that's Mr. John Green Jeans. I well, changed his name when he went to Ellis <laughs> Island. Uh, on reading simpler books in college, I just read Alice's Adventures in Wonderland, which is a perfect example of this. I also found my friends and I rereading books uh, we already read as teens instead of starting new ones. It's definitely a familiarity thing. On, on a similar note, I always found it odd when college kids boasted about not reading the books in my English classes. I was just grateful for a storyline instead of a textbook <laughs> and was always excited to read something new. Uh, the essays were another story, though. <laughs> you said it. Our pal Louise writes, um, to answer your sub-question. Oh, we didn't say what the questions were. Sorry about that. Let's go back up through all of our uh, many uh, ads for comic things. Uh, did you ever work anything off TV or from a comic or magazine? And sub-question, what's your favorite advertising mascot? Back to Louise. To answer your sub-question, uh, my favorite advertising mascot is the Poppin' Fresh, uh, hmm. Pillsbury Doughboy. Cool. His hot crescent rolls are a guilty pleasure of mine. But I have a sub-sub-question. Why is uh, the Buzz the Honey Nut Cheerios be a male? Uh, drones don't make honey. 
All the drone does is mate with a queen bee, uh, during which time his organ explodes off him. Then he expires. <laughs> General Mills, as far as I'm concerned, yeah. Buzz can F off and die. Now, here's my question about Buzz. Yeah. How do you know Buzz is male? Yeah, that's, like, like, that's what I was wondering, too. He's not wearing a bow tie. People, yeah. Do characters in the commercials refer to him as a male? Well, that quite often happens, that people don't realize the sex of animals. Yeah, and we'll say, like, yeah. I often call the, I often say to the chickens, you know, like, I'll refer to the chickens as he, you know, or sometimes as, hey, you guys. And then I remember, oh, yeah, you're a girl because you're a chicken. And then, so I, you know, I have to, like, correct myself. I think the same thing could happen with bees and, and with young kids. Right. I'm looking, I'm looking now on uh, people talking about Buzz the Bee, and it's all just about his campaign to help uh, the world's population. Her campaign. Bees. Her campaign. What's that? Her campaign. Or, or her. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Like, what, what does what Louise want? Like, to her to have a, some giant breasts. Mm. And also, here's the thing. Or, or, or as they'd be know, honey bags. And by the way, in, in bee culture, males are a minority. You know what I mean? Right. Like drone lives matter. That's what I'm saying. So a little representation for the, for the poor old drone who doesn't get much attention except when his organs explode. Now, here's the thing about Buzz the Bee. Yeah. Buzz the Bee was designed by mm-hmm. Dean Yeagle. Oh, the American animator. Yeah, huh. that's neat. Interesting. Good. I like. Uh, you know, that's very good. He's he's worked for. Always uh, oh, worked for a lot of places. Okay, good for him. <laughs> uh, sorry, I'm looking. I'm looking now with uh, uh, all of the uh, all of the taglines for uh, for Honey Nut Cheerios. Okay, let's let's hear a few. Okay, it's a honey of an O. It's a honey of an O. Yeah. You know what? I always thought it was, a, it was a honey of an oat, but that makes no sense. A honey of an oat is way better. Yep. Okay. Thanks for correcting that for me. Right. Uh, oh, here's an interesting thing, too. He was originally voiced by Arnold Stang. Yes, that's right. Great. The great actor. Well, not a great actor, but just a great character, Arnold he Stang. Has been, yeah, he's been voiced. It's all, it's all fellas so far. Billy West, uh, Jason Marsden, Oliver uh, Wyman. Jason Marsden. Okay. Um, so I think you're thinking of James Marsden. Let me see if I'm thinking the right person. It's Mar- yeah, I'm thinking of a different person. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking about the guy with Cyclops on the X-Men. That, that's James Morrison. All right. Uh, so it's irresistible. Mm. Okay. Race for the taste. Yep. Little O, big taste. Hmm. No one can say no to Honey Nut Cheerios. From <laughs> that's a hive, terrible. That was a terrible one. From a hive that's nuts about honey. Okay. Be happy. Be hmm. healthy. Blah. Must be the honey, as in Nelly's uh, Ride With Me song. Must be the money. Nope. And uh, good goes round. That's, I guess, I guess because it's a Cheerio and it's round. Yeah, it's round. Yeah, that's the thing. Good goes round. Anyway, as uh, Louise says, Buzz can fuck off and die. Um, <laughs> I have a footnote to add to your discussion of Falstaff. He also appears in Shakespeare's seldom performed comedy, The Merry Wives of Windsor. That's right. Tradition has it uh, that Queen Elizabeth... It says she wanted to see Falstaff in love, and the play was dashed off in two weeks, which is uh, probably why it's seldom performed. <laughs> As for Kenneth Branagh, I find his acting style rather scenery-chewy, mm. but I do like him when he dials it down for movies like Dunkirk or the gritty Swedish detective uh, series Wallander. Eh. So, yeah. Uh, here's the thing. Back when uh, people were doing like Pride and Prejudice and Zombies and that kind of thing, yeah, and yeah. Abe Lincoln, Vampire Slayer. Sense and uh, Sensibility I- and Sea Monsters. Yeah, I thought like a good one to do uh, with Shakespeare would be uh, the Buried Wives of Windsor. Okay, all right. 
Then they come back as zombies. Uh, Ian, uh, that's me. Uh, I'm glad you had a nice crow encounter. I did talk about my crow encounter. Shit Mm -hmm. notwithstanding, there was some shit. Uh, We weren't so lucky. A pair of crows built a nest in the tree, pardon me, (coughs) outside our house, but abandoned it shortly after the attack. Are you allergic to crows? No, I think it's uh, got... um, I got uh, the plague. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, but abandoned it shortly after the eggs hatched and the little uh, open beaks started to appear above the twigs. We read that if crows sense danger, they'll flee their nest in self-preservation so they can live to breed again. Maybe I shouldn't have given them the ominous nicknames of Crona and <laughs> Corvid19. <laughs> Excellent. Sorry, I made a joke about uh, coronavirus just a second ago. Uh, then a few days later, I saw three crows standing in our neighbor's driveway. One crow was a flicker, a type of woodpecker. Uh, one crow had a flicker, a type of woodpecker, pinned under one claw and was eviscerating the smaller bird with its beak. The other crow stood by, waiting for their chance to get at the carcass. Now I better understand why they call it a murder of crows. Hmm. But maybe they had just cause. Edward Draganski writes, <laughs> sometime around eighth grade, I remember uh, Louise is laughing at that, I'm sure. She's slapping yeah. at me. Oh, I, can, I can sense it. Uh, sometime everyone, around... is, everyone is enjoying the image of a crow eviscerating a small bird and yeah. your hilarious pun. No, only Louise is laughing at that one. Everyone oh. else uh, turned this off long ago. <laughs> sometime around eighth grade, says Edward Dransky, yeah. uh, I remember ordering older comics for my collection from ads and current comics. There was only one comic store in town with a limited supply of back issues, so I ordered from Mile High Comics, which advertised in new comics, as one of the largest comics retailers in the U.S. Yeah, I remember they had like a woodchuck mascot or something, uh, located in Denver. Uh, the thing was, you had to hope and pray that they still had the comics you wanted in stock by the time they received your order. In my case, it was Fantastic uh, Four number 48, 49, and 50, the Galactus Trilogy. Ooh, that is a good uh, trilogy. Uh, I put down alternatives in, in, instead, in case they didn't have those three in a row, which was required. But soon I received all three in the mail. Two of my comics were about $8 a piece, and the third was $12. So I had my mom write me a check. She thought I was out of my mind spending $28 <laughs> on three comics. $28? Was, yeah, but this was the first. Ed, silver, Ed first story, you yeah. were out of your mind. And the first appearance of Galactus, back when he had a G on his uh, shirt so everyone could go, oh, it's Galactus. Uh, <laughs> I made her anywhere those uh, nice short sleeve shirts. Uh, you get that nice tan lines. Can I just, uh, can I made, I just interrupt just to say yeah. that it's crazy to me that the Galactus mm-hmm. story was just three comics long. Mm. Like, they... It feels like something that you could really milk, could really milk it, but they just got, they just zoomed through it as if they had like other great ideas to do right after it, which they, to think they of probably like, did. Any, yeah. I'm trying to think of any other trilogies from back then. That seems to be the first big trilogy. Mm. Like you would have, you would have cliffhangers for sure. Like yeah, Spider-Man, yeah. but I don't think like you'd get a, a green goblin story going three issues. Yeah. Back. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's interesting. Yeah. And uh, Doctor Strange. Ah, forget about it. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, I made her eat her words years later when the three skyrocketed to a much higher price. But I refused to sell them since these three comics are now signed by both Stan Lee and Jack Kirby. Oh, very cool. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Must have some value uh, there. Something uh, my childhood best friend and I always wanted to buy, though, uh, through the ads in Boy's Life magazine were plans on how to build a one-man hot air balloon. We had these grand plans of getting the plans, building the balloons, tethering them together with rope, and just in case, 
take walkie-talkies if we were separated. It's funny how much we talked about it and drew up plans for execution, but in the end, it didn't happen. We were both uh, probably lucky we didn't die by plunging to our deaths uh, from a few <laughs> shitty man-made balloons over our neighborhood or get electrocuted in the power lines. That reminds me of, like, I was on, I was uh, running on my roof with, uh, you know, a friend. Yeah. We went, like, this isn't safe. Here's what we got to do. Yeah. So we went and we got two things we got. One, bed sheets. Yeah. And we made them into parachutes. <laughs> and we, we tied little, uh, the strings around and then we wrapped them around ourselves and we had, and we tucked them into our shirts. Somehow that we're going to take off our shirts as we fell <laughs> and then open up. Right. That would, that would work out. And I think one of the ropes was around my neck. So there was also problems with that. <laughs> very, and the other, very bad the other, design. Yeah. The other thing, cause he thought it was a good idea was we'd bring umbrellas so that if we were falling, that was also break our fall yeah. as we were falling down. Um, which is as dumb as that is, much better idea than we'll take off our shirts and have the parachutes like come out before I hit the ground. Um, so anyway, I died. Is long story short, I died. <laughs> uh, Edward Edward also everything. writes. Uh, forgive me for separate posts, but I'm all over the place this week. Oh lordy, who isn't? Um, I had a few of the six million dollar man toys when I was a kid. Maskatron, so good, I've still got it. Who stood in for my Oscar as he should? Uh, the bionic <laughs> transport and repair station. The Venus space probe, and yes, you guessed it, the critical assignment arms. <laughs> Wonderful. I'm about to tell you something quite reprehensible I'm not proud of, so here it goes. The critical assignment arms had this rubber flesh on them that rolled up to the shoulder so you could expose the clear arms and see the lasers, circuits, and wires underneath. But if you held the arm uh, hidden in your hand, it looked like the end of a penis with the foreskin exposed. <laughs> my first girlfriend was over one night, and I went back to my room to get the critical assignment arm with the rolled-up rubber. I, I ran out with this arm hidden in my hand down at crotch level and scared the shit out of my girlfriend right in front of my parents. <laughs> she was a good sport and laughed it off. But my parents were really mad at me. I can't believe you brought this toy up on last week's episode. <laughs> Couldn't resist telling the story. There's photos all over the web of these things. See what I mean? And he included photos of, uh, I think they might just be of his penis, though. I'm not sure. Um, yeah, I, looked, I looked at them. They are the arms. Very good. Um, Todd writes, All Olivier's Henry V was indeed made as a World War II morale booster, ah. but for the D-Day final phase of the war, 1944, rather than the early phony war phase, 39 to 40. Ah. Anyway, I heartily recommend, uh, second the recommendation for this film. Olivier's Hamlet also features Doctor Who number two, Patrick Troughton, in a minor role. Yes, I did watch it mostly for that reason, but it's well worth watching in its own right. <laughs> the Hamlet episode it is of quite Mystery, Science, Mystery Science Theater 3000 was one of the last episodes before the Netflix revival that has a reputation among fans as being one of the show's worst episodes. But personally, I think it has some good jokes. If nothing else, Mike's sarcastic, nice play, Shakespeare, <laughs> at the end, makes it worthwhile. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. I have to watch that one. That sounds, uh, sounds good. I, I'd, I'd say at the end. Yeah, not to be. Um, Todd I just, right. I just want to interrupt. I just want to interrupt for a Please. second. I just want to talk about, this happened to my a friend, my friend and I when we were Younger, we found in a magazine there was an ad for a book of witchcraft. Oh yes, yes, yes. Okay, go ahead. Uh, a series of spells, and it said you could get this and you can get that with this, these spells. And my friend and I, we were like so excited by the idea of 
of getting this book and being able to do all these spells, you know, like get, get lucky or earn money, all these things that we really wanted to do, you know. And so we had these plans to, to buy this book of witchcraft. And then his mum discovered we were going to do this. And she, <laughs> she forbade us from ordering this book because on religious grounds, she, they, her, his, his family were very Catholic. And we were told that it was, it, was not, it was unbiblical for us to order this book of witchcraft, which I always liked that she didn't just say, you know, this book is just nonsense and you're throwing your money away. No, no, we were, the book was never like questioned in terms of its, its effectiveness. It was only bad on the grounds of being unbiblical. Not, not that it was just nonsense. We were just throwing our money down, down, the, down the drain. No, no, oh, it's just, that kills me to this day. <laughs> She's a very funny woman. I remember I brought Eric Heidel's Rutland Weekend television book over to his house one time because he wanted to see it. And it had a section in it which was the Vatican uh, Guide to Sex or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it was a lot of like shots of Eric Heidel and a, and a woman, both, both of them naked, in various completely non-sexual positions, but naked. So like a chair between them and things like that. And, and so it was, you know, it was obviously a joke about uh, the idea of like Catholics being against sex. And then when I got home from my, I was staying over the, the over the weekend there because he lived, he lived in Coquitlam when I lived in Delta and I got home and then I opened this book up and there was a note from her asking for me to not bring this book back into their house, <laughs> which was nice of her to do it that way. Not get mad at me when I was there, but just sort of leave a little note just saying, you know, not up my alley, is what she said, basically. <laughs> but anyway, go on with Todd's letter. Sure. Sorry to interrupt. Uh, Todd, Todd continues, uh, oh, yes, and the uh, Doctor Who story Dave mentioned is the aptly named 1977 classic, The Robots of Death. I can see the resemblance between the robots in that story and the ones from Magnus uh, Robot Fighter. Mm, yeah, and I did, I did take, a a picture of the, I take a picture of the, the cover and put it up. <laughs> yeah, their eyes, the eyes have that kind of... Um, look of almost like a bicycle reflector, like a red reflector. Okay. On the back of a bicycle you might find. Yeah, yeah it has that look. Cool. Uh, Edward, Edward uh, writes this again and says, uh, I'm inclined to pick up the 7-Up spot as my favorite uh, advertising mascot since he was under uh, my design care for a few years, but that's too obvious. Okay. Spot is, or was, part of the Pantheon, among uh, many other ad characters, Created by the Leo Burnett, created by Leo Burnett in Chicago. Uh, when I went uh, home to visit, I'd make time for a trip to uh, Leo Burnett. The walls were endless with framed illustrations of all the great characters they created over the years: Tony the Tiger, Jolly Green Giant, Maytag Repairman, Charlie Tuna, Keebler Elves, and Morris the Cat, to name a few. That's amazing got- that just one agency yeah. created all of those characters. That- oh man, that's amazing. Uh, I'm, I'm. Uh, I'm going to go through all of them really quick, and you tell me their uh, their slogans, the things they say. Uh, Tony the Tiger. It's great. Uh, technically, they're great, but fantastic. Oh, it would both work. Uh, Jolly, <laughs> Green, Jolly Green Giant. Ho, ho, ho. The Maytag Repairman. I'm so lonely. <laughs> Charlie Tuna. Oh, can't remember Charlie Tuna. Sorry, Charlie, or... Uh, oh, sorry, Charlie, that's right. With great taste. Yeah, we yeah. want tuna that tastes good. Yeah. Keebler Elves. I don't know. Help us free us from the slavery. Yep, that's right. And Morris the cat. He's very finicky. Absolutely is. Uh, I'm diving deeper in and more uh, obscure than that. I'm going back to around 74. Okay. When I was a hopeless fanatic of the sugary cereal known as Freakies. I posted, I collected everything Freakies made. I've been sent away for a complete set of figures, cars, patches, and magnets. The Freakies were hideous little creatures. I can't put my finger on my attraction to them. Maybe... 
because they were interesting as individual characters and colorful. I don't remember these guys. If you don't remember these guys, here's a few commercials. And he gives us uh, some commercials. I give anything to take part in designing a Freaky's comeback. And then he uh, gives us a commercial uh, that has like the Freaky's just starting at six uh, six eleven. Yeah, it's interesting. They all introduce themselves. Like I'm the goody goody. I'm shy. You know, I've done some things. I've oh, seen some things. Interesting, you know, yeah. I've never. He's, he's, he's the veteran. He's smoking a cigarette. I've seen some shit. Uh, I'll never be right. Mm. And we're the freakies, and we're really sugar frosted. <laughs> yeah. So now we didn't have this in Canada. There's no freakies that I remember. That's good. I don't. I'm not really sure. I don't remember them. Just so you, uh, just so you know, Ed, because we have a we have a tenth of the population of America in Canada. So there's quite a few products that we never got here, um, mostly because it wasn't thought it would sell enough to make it worthwhile to change the packaging, because Canadian packaging must be bilingual, so it has to have French and English on it. And so there's Mm -hmm. lots of companies that it's not worth their time to to repackage uh, small selling items, uh, you know, for, for for Canadian customers. So for instance, for many years here in Canada, we couldn't buy Fritos. Like they just didn't sell them in Canada, or Twinkies, yeah, we or Twinkies, Twinkies, yeah. I think even now, like I can't get like Tapatio flavored Doritos corn chips. I have to go across the border when that was allowed. Uh, go down into to the town near where we live and and buy them in the local Safeway there, uh, just because they're not. It's considered they're too much of a of a fringe item. There's weird things I don't even know what would have been any good, but I remember like Kugel. Do you remember Kugel? The idea of like peanut butter with things in it. Mm-hmm. Um, we could never find that here. Um, tr- uh, Captain you know Crunch what? with crunch berries wasn't sold up here. I could get that. I could get that in Montreal. We did have that in Montreal. Crunch berries? No, no. The, uh, oh, Kugel. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah and, and we had commercials for it where the giant Kugel thing was running around chasing kids. Yeah. Well, I remember the yeah. commercials because I would watch American television, but I, I don't yeah. remember the, the product. No, we had that. Like my grandmother would buy that for us. And my mother wouldn't. Ah. She'd be like, well, this is once you have like two scoops of it, it's just a mess. It's just a damn mess. Well, like, maybe maybe it was available and mom just wouldn't buy it. That's another option, of course. That's possible. But yeah, like stuff like, um, oh, there's candies. There's just things that we would pretty much, I felt like my mom and dad would go across the border to buy, you know, like like Fritos. And then there was a kind of candy that my mom loved. Right. Almond, almond, not Almond Joy. Almond Roca? Some kind of name like that. Anyway, she loved these chocolates that they sold in the States. And oh, yeah, you're talking about. Yeah, so, yeah Roca. Yeah, okay, gotcha. And she would always, whenever we went down there, she would always buy some. And just because you couldn't buy it in Canada. It's just, you know, it's just like the the way it is. It's just the way it is. So I get maybe Freakies was a cereal. Because I, I honestly don't remember it. Although saying that, we weren't allowed to have sugar cereal growing up. Mm. We were only allowed to have it if when we went on vacation, we could choose one cereal we could take, and we always chose Fruit Loops because we're, we were crazy for Fruit Loops. But um, yeah, like we, even though my dad worked for Quaker Oats, we never had Captain Crunch in the house. You know, we had Life, we had um, Muffets and stuff, but we never had Captain Crunch. Okay, here we go. I'm looking up the history of Goober. It was it was sold in uh, in Canada. It was sold in the U.S. Uh, did you UK, say Canada. Did you say Goober? Goober, yeah. Oh, I said I thought it was called Kugel, but anyway, maybe I was mixed up. Um, no, it was called Goober. Mm. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's a combination of peanut butter and jelly single jar. Uh, it's named after, a, a gula name for peanut goober. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, it was also, there's a similar product sold by Kroger, uh, called Yipes Stripes, uh, that's, uh, also connected with Disney in some way. So, uh, Kugel was a different thing. Let me just, 
Okay, because this was introduced in '68. Sorry. So it was it was a chocolate peanut butter or cin- oh. or cinnamon peanut butter. As I had various... Oh, I know what you're talking about. Okay, yeah. yeah, we also had that. Yeah. But I don't remember that being up here. I just remember it, seeing the commercials for it, and it looked good, but we couldn't find it here. That might have been an Eastern thing. Yeah. Now I'm just going to break down the freakies because I think we owe it uh, to, uh, <laughs> to so everyone. The, so the here are the freakies and who yeah. they are. Hey, uh, hey, there the freakies. Are, there's seven of them. There's Boss Moss. Okay. Now he's a bossy guy. Sure. He's ineffectual. He's got a John Wayne voice. Okay. There's Snorkeldorf. He's very confident and vain. Yeah. And plays his trunk like a horn. We say that it's his nose. We know it's not his nose. So are they based in the uh, banana splits? Uh, now who? That, go ahead. I was just gonna say, like, could you describe like the the style of the characters? They're not like a big Ed Daddy Roth monster. No, they almost look like uh, they almost look like an underground comic. Mm, really, like like a like a von Bode or uh, with a little more detail, almost more like if you can get a garbage pail kid or a mad ball. Okay, like, okay, that kind of almost gross out kind okay, of. Okay, so like a William Pound has designed these. So. Yeah, a little disturbing. Sorry, disturb- William Stowe. I mean, William Stowe has drawn these characters. Yeah, they got they got a lot of detail on them. Okay, more detail than they should. Yeah, that's what makes them. That's what makes them gross. Yeah, and, disturbing. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna keep going through. We sure, have ham hose. Ham hose is shy and childlike. The uh-huh. First evil. Yeah. Grumble. That's a cranky, grumpy uh, one with sore feet. Uh, sounds old. <laughs> yeah. Crow, cr- cow mumble, who is very positive, demure, uh, breathy, and soft spoken. She's okay. the all. She's uh, that. That's the one we all want. Um, <laughs> gargle. Uh, I don't know what the sex of any of these. Yeah. Except for beauty. Uh, gargle is an intelligent, snooty, a know-it-all with a British accent. And uh, then there's Goody Goody, who is pushy, bossy, and really kisses up to Boss Moss. <laughs> yeah. So there we go. Uh, so uh, uh, they were animated by, among other people, Preston Blair. Yeah. Nice. Preston Blair. Oh, because I have his book of animation. And yeah, and the uh, and the and the commercials were, or at least one of them that won an award, was narrated by Burgess Meredith. Hmm. Huh. There you so go. there we go. They tried to relaunch them in 1986. Uh, but uh, did not uh, go. They were more simple. Did yeah. not fly. Uh, uh, so uh, Boss Mumble and uh, Boss Moss and Grumble were the same. Other characters were simplified, renamed, and redesigned. Hamhose became Hugger. Snorkeldorf became Tudor. Cow Mumble became Sweetie. Goody Goody became Hot Dog. And Gargle <laughs> became Ace. Uh, no one gave a huh. fuck. They all went away. <laughs> well, you know the the early seventies. That was the that was the era of of gross. You know, or, or the era of like like you know. I had my I had a few cars. I had like Ed Big Daddy Roth, like the monster driving cars. Okay. But I also had like ones that he does or someone drew of like these kind of like gross baseball players. So they're like baseball cards, but they're all like kind of monsters. You know, like a guy with like really big arms and all that kind of you know just, just kind of gross. And then then of course wacky packages. And then, yeah, garbage pail kids. They, they're all kind of, they all kind of like were outgrowths of this, of this sort of gross out thing of that of that time period. I don't know why. And obviously, freakies were par- fed into that as well. And the the eighties, you know, that was that was not the gross time. Like no one wanted that at that time. And uh, they make an appearance, a cameo appearance, mm-hmm. in the movie The Burbs. Oh, really? Uh, Tom Hanks movie and mm-hmm. uh, Rick Dukeman. Uh, where Tom Hanks is on his couch eating a box of Freakies. That was a 1989 film. I'm not sure if he was <laughs> eating a box of the 86 relaunch Freakies. Yeah. 
or if he was eating a box of the 1970s freakies. <laughs> if so, uh, then this took place back in time. Okay. Or he, um, or he had saved some up. Could have. I don't know. I can't tell you. I cannot tell you. I can't. Tell I gotta you. go back and watch the burbs. Uh, which I don't like watching because Rick Dukeman I've got issues with. Um, I think he's passed away since I should probably get over that. Sorry, what? Uh, Rick, Paul, du- Rick Dukeman what, sorry? Uh, I've got issues with Rick Dukeman, but uh, I oh. think he's passed away, so uh, I should probably get over that whole thing. Yes, you, um, you should forgive the dead. Okay, yeah. He took a lot of material from people I knew. Um, yeah, I remember, hey, I remember hey, that about him. Remember that? Yeah, it's oh, fun. Yeah. One of the people whose material he took was Ryan Stiles. Because who's Ryan Stiles going to be in the future? Oh, he's really famous, eh? Oops. Um, okay. Uh, Paul Bynes writes, Hi, chaps. Uh, to answer the first question first, I wanted to order something from the comic books, but they were American and, and wanted something called dollars, which I didn't have. I had pounds, mm. which I was pretty sure they wouldn't take. Yeah. Closest I got uh, was ordering one of those three CD sets of 60s hits that were advertised on late night TV. I think it was called Our Generation, uh, which it wasn't, for me at least, but I always had older taste in music than my contemporaries. As for the second question, my favorite advertising mascot was and were the Humphreys, rampaging red and white straws, which sought milk. It was a campaign <laughs> by the Unigate Dairy here in the UK, and yeah. it's little remembered, though there is a Wikipedia page, and he links to that. Huh. One of the best TV ads even uh, featured Muhammad Ali. It's on YouTube. All the best, Paul Bynes. I have to go check that out. That Thank you. Fun. Thank you, Paul. Yeah, that's... Uh... Okay, two things. One is, it's Tell weird It's weird that they're, they're straws. Okay. Also weird that I, the idea of drinking milk with a straw is very unappealing to me. I'm not a straw person, to be honest. So. And my big problem is, it feels like straws would be something that people in the UK would have come up with a better name for. <laughs> this is a real lift lorry sete oh, yeah. uh, situation sure, sure. or even aluminium you know it's just like yeah. what do you call these things uh suck twizzlers or something you know just something that you would call them that would be better strizzlers 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 uh mouth mouth sucks something <laughs> all right is yeah, that now i'm now I'm looking to see if Rick Dukeman's still alive. He is not, and I feel uh, bad about that. Okay, so there we go. Well, did you Sorry, kill? Son. Did you kill him? Listen, it's none of your damn business. That seems a little. Yeah, he seems to be a little bit. I'm not going to confess. I'm not going to confess to it. <laughs> okay. Um, but if you want, you did uh, kind of confess to it. If you go to uh, Granville Island, if you go to Rick Dukeman, uh, if you go to Granville Island, right behind the Kids Only Market, there is a little shop that's there that's still there that's near a duck pond and it's also a turtle pond and it's this little standalone shop that looks very very weird and it used to be rick dukeman's shop and he used to um he used to sell roller skates there and really yeah he used to sell roller skates and one day a tv show called zigzag showed up hosted by terry david mulligan who's a local dj and uh and they got along really well doing jamming together and asked and he asked if he wanted to be on the show and then he became a regular on the show and became so popular on the show uh that he uh started getting a little bit of work and uh, and then went on star search and that's where he took everyone's material from vancouver did uh-huh. quite well uh hosted his own show called rock and roll america and they went you know what this is the next big thing this guy and then he got uh, in the movie the burbs and you'll also see him in Die Hard. That's right. He's, he's in the manhole, and uh, he's the one who cuts the power. He's the city, the city employee who cuts the power, yeah. There you go. Yeah, he was, I mean, he was good in those kind of roles. Like, he, 
He really yeah, he's fine. He he's really could have could have done well with those kind of character parts, but I don't I don't know what happened to him. Yep, he's also uh, briefly in Groundhog Day. That's right. Yep. Yes. And uh, he and he oops. and he lost. Sorry, he lost in Star Search. He came in second. He came in second behind Brad Garrett from everybody who later on everybody loves Raymond. Huh. Brad Garrett. Yeah. Is he a stand-up comic? Brad Garrett? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's his main thing. It's, okay. Yeah, and then he was uh, Raymond's brother in Everybody Loves Raymond. That's uh, interesting. So I have a I have an email to read if you... Uh, please, if please. You are, if you are, are done with comments. Are you done with comments? I am. All right. So this is from Brent Tannehill. And Brent writes, When I was a kid, I was a sucker for anything that was free or cheap in a comic book or in the back pages of Boy's Life magazine. I got into buying stamps and coins on approval, which means that if you like them, you buy them, then send back the ones that you don't like. It starts out real nice and friendly. Then after a while, you get more letters that say that you really need to buy more because it costs a lot for return postage. Ah. They were really clever about it. The letters weren't threatening. They sounded more like a disappointed parent. (laughs) One thing that I bought from a comic book that was really horrible was a throw your voice device. The ad implied that this clever gadget would turn you into a ventriloquist. The device was actually a tiny metal whistle that you were supposed to put on the back of your tongue, press it onto the roof of your mouth, and exhale. I guess if you were imitating a dying squirrel, it would have been pretty authentic, but it didn't turn me into a ventriloquist, and I'm sure that I'm one of a handful that didn't accidentally swallow that tiny sharp metal object. In fact, I'm sure that there's a Facebook page for survivals of the ventriloquist whistle. Brent Tannehill. He lives in Winthrop, Washington. Thank you, Brent. Very nice. Thank you. Stay safe down there, Brent. Stay safe. All of us stay safe. All nice. of us stay safe, but I'm just thinking Washington's had some bad luck with uh, outbreaks. Yeah, be very care- be very careful. I'm uh, worried for uh, friends of mine there. Um, I'm looking at the uh, Muhammad Ali ad for Humphreys. Okay, now. okay. Uh, Muhammad Ali is just hilarious. My God, Muhammad Ali is good on talk shows. Holy cow. He was, Like, yes. he'll just go. Like, he'll just, as much as people go, like, Robin Williams, you just put him down, wind him up, and let him go. It's like, <laughs> Muhammad Ali. He'll just, like, talk for, you know, 10 minutes straight and, yeah. like, just get better. Yeah. Oh, so good. Yeah, I remember as a kid just thinking he was the best, and I remember watching an interview with Howard Cosell and, and him where he was, he was, I think he might even have displaced Howard Cosell's, Howard Cosell's toupee in the interview, which was seemed quite yeah. shocking at the time, but yeah, yes, just a brilliant, brilliant, uh, this, yeah, very smart and funny and just great. It's too bad. Too bad what happened, I guess, uh, a life of being punched is not, not good. Yeah. It's not good to get punched in the face continuously for a living. Yeah. 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 I mean, he was so clever about it, but it was at such a price, you know? Yeah. Cause his whole, the whole rope-a-dope thing was just getting punched until the other person was tired. And then you, then you kind of came out of your stupor and then you, you sock them back and you and you win, but uh, yeah, the the the, po- the problem with it is it's like ninety percent getting punched <laughs> before you yeah before you turn it on and come come back out of you know surprise the person I'm still here haha yeah I think I'm gonna just uh, not get punched I'm I have so far fair, been pretty successful I think I've been punched only a couple times by people that weren't my brothers oh, all right well let's uh, yeah brothers don't count no no not at all no relatives I think there's something genetic. Where if um, your your sibling hits you, it hurts. Like I'm not oh, saying yeah, it, it hurts, 
but it doesn't hurt as much as if a human hits you. Like no, it's it a, you, you're, you're both. Yeah, I know. But but if there was another person who was exactly the same size as your brother, yeah, and hit you at the same uh, velocity, oh. it would hurt more if they were a stranger. <laughs> it would feel it would feel differently. You've genetically got something that absorbs some of it. Yeah, like your body goes ah, because otherwise I think like kids would just kill each other. But there's something that's in, there's something in it that like you know oh okay well they can't totally hurt each other yeah they can hurt each other to a point they'll be painful but they're not gonna mm, you know and now i don't need to hear a news story about people killing each other as kids i don't need to see those <laughs> news stories i don't need to be proven wrong <laughs> your theory my my statement was just that it's it's just so it's just so obligatory that brothers punch each other that there's no point talking about it as if it's something that's surprising you know what i mean like getting punched by someone in a parking lot in a swimming pool that is different than your you and your brother getting in a fight over who was gonna you know who who gets to watch what on television. That's totally right. separate. That's just to be expected, you know. You know what? I'm gonna throw this out now as like one of the questions of the week, okay. which is which is what did you if you had a sibling, what did you and your sibling fight about? What was the most common thing that you fought about? And uh, you know maybe who won uh, more often than not. But yeah, what did you fight? What did you guys? Uh, what did you guys fight about? That's a good one. That's yeah. a good one. I like that. Do you do you have another uh, do you have another question on uh, in your pipe? I do. I have one for 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 a, this is a question about childhood, and it yeah. was, uh, were you ever uh, did you ever like break a bone when you're growing up? Did you ever get mm. did you break your arm? Did you break a leg? Let us know. Let us know what your what happened. What what did you do? I I feel like I'm I was uh, I feel like it was a minor miracle. That my brothers and I lived the lives that we lived, did the things that we did, and never, we never, none of us ever broke a leg or an arm. Mm. And I mean, we played some really rough, rugged, crazy games. You know, I described house tag in some detail in the past. And just the fact that we ran, you know, across roofs of houses that were being built when there was no like shingles on them. We just ran through the trusses or along the top of the trusses. Just the fact that we did that, just the fact that we jumped from, the, the the roof or from the roof of the house down to the second level sometimes down and try and drop through into a crawl space where there was sand to land in like i just shake my head at it now this is the idea of what we did it was just so crazy we used to it wasn't quite as dangerous but we used to go like on fence walks in the evening we would after dinner we would start walking down the fence our fence we started our fence and we would walk down the hill from our house along the fences and we would like see people in their backyards <laughs> and we just, <laughs> we'd just be walking along the fence and no one yelled at us. That's the other weird part of it. Oh. No one got mad. They just like we just were like hello, and they go hi. But yeah, just the it just seems crazy to me that I somehow and all the bike riding that I did and all the falls that I took. I had a, a friend at work, similar friend that when I just brought up a little while ago was riding his bike home from his mum's, and he decided to take a bit of a different path because his mum had got a bike and she was talking about riding to his place, and so he kind of wanted to do an exploratory ride along this new bike path just to. So he could kind of help her with the ride. And so he was riding this path and he went along and he got th- going down this big hill and he was just having such great fun. This was at nighttime and he was just having such great fun. And he got to this point and suddenly the path ended and there was a four foot drop and he just flew off of it and landed Ooh. on his shoulder and seriously hurt himself. And I heard that story and I just thought that's you know so funny because when I was a kid, I was riding with some friends and I, I got separated from them and I saw them ride into the trees, the tree line. And so I went zooming across this field, you know, from the sun into the dark of the forest. 
And of course, it took my minute for my eyes to adjust to the sudden change. And I realized too late that I had ridden into the wrong opening. And I'd gone oh. into the one that didn't have a footpath across the bridge that you could ride over. And just the one that was just like a plain drop. And I just went right in and right over the edge of this this uh, hey. drop about five feet down into this cl- into this uh, dry creek bed. So I just flew down. The bike landed on me and I landed on all these rocks down below. But, you know, I was a kid then. And so I just got up, you know, kind of said hour or whatever, threw my bike out, climbed out after it and continued riding to find my friends. Like if that happened to me now, you would have to, you'd have to airlift me out of the woods, you know, (laughs) to a hospital. But, you know, like at that time I was just like all rubber, you know, like, and when you're talking about like kids, like having that, you know, kids not hurting each other and stuff. Well, part of that, of course, is that it's just so hard to hurt kids in in some ways because we really are flexible and we can, we have like this kind of cat-like, you know, flexibility and, but for all that, occasionally we do the wrong thing and we, we break a bone. And I'd like to hear about some, uh, some of your little, your major injuries or minor injuries. Let's not get too horrible though. <laughs> if it's too awful, please let's just keep it, keep it, uh, you know, keep it on a, on a, on a fun level. Let's not go too deep. If that makes the, sense. Uh, if that makes when sense. You, when you were mentioning. Let's hear about uh, your fun injuries. Sure. Sure. When you're mentioning break, breaking a leg. Do you do you know the the meaning of the phrase "break a leg"? The the origin the origin of it? Yeah. No, I don't. Okay. Uh, here's the current th- like some people have other theories, but okay. this, this, some people go like, "Oh, it's because um, when John Wilkes Booth uh, shot Lincoln, he jumped off the the, the balcony and uh, and then broke a leg on the stage and is saying, I hope you have a good show and you break a leg.' Wait, well, how could that be an origin? It's dumb. It's dumb. <laughs> it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah. Here's what it is. <laughs> The, um, th- there's, uh, there's something on either side of a stage known as the leg line. And the leg line is, uh, separates the stage where you can be seen uh, from the backstage. Okay. So uh, if you break a leg, you're breaking the leg line, meaning you're entering the stage and, and being seen. Mm. If, you, if you enter a, in, enter on the stage and can be seen, you get paid. Ah, uh, yes. If you don't, you're not uh, getting paid. Yeah. So it's like saying, hope you get paid tonight. Yeah. Break a leg. Get break on that stage. Yeah. Yeah, hope so, you. Yeah. yeah, hope you get to perform. Yeah, that makes sense. It's not saying I hope you break a leg as in an opposite thing because you don't say good luck. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So yeah. there you are. Yeah, um, though it, there is another uh, use of it, which is uh, meaning having uh, a, a a bastard. Hey, you broke a leg. You had a bastard. So there you are. It's uh, silly. Uh, everything in words is wrong. <laughs> Hey, everybody. We're going to wrap this up because it's been 17 hours of show. Um, <laughs> we'd love to hear from you answering the questions. Yeah, this but is also, almost as long as a listening party episode. Almost. Whew. and uh, But not quite as long as our question episode will be. No. Now, uh, that's coming up for our 450th. And uh, we are looking for your questions about anything, frankly. Uh, what do you want to know? Uh, we can answer trivia. We can answer personal trivia. We can talk about our lives. We can talk about anything. Uh, it's whatever you ask us, we will answer. How do you do this? Well, I'll tell. Well, first of all, you're asking what's in it for you. Let me tell you that first. Uh, <laughs> That's right. We will draw. Qui bono. Yeah. First of all, you'll hear us answer the questions. That will be delightful. <laughs> you'll hear how tired we are. That will be delightful. <laughs> um, you'll hear that. Man, these guys sound like they have to pee. Yeah, but they're not doing it. It sounds really like they're in a lot of pain. <laughs> These guys who are in their 50s should not pee for this long. <laughs> I think I heard them drinking continuously for the first half of the show. Um, but here's what All we're going to say. All true. Our burst bladders. Um, 
we're going to send you uh, if you win, which is like we'll draw a name randomly at the end uh, from uh, all the questions that we got, uh, and you will be getting uh, some sneaky dragon swag. You'll get first of all a shirt. You'll get to pick a, a shirt design from uh, our many designs that we have or any title cards that Dave's done. Uh, and it can be the size and color you want, so we'll do that. We'll also send you some bumper stickers. We'll send you some mini comics. We'll send you some comics comics. I'll send you uh, an Exorcisters, one of my comics, uh, Exorcisters, which is quite uh, hard to find. Uh, we will send you some buttons, uh, Sparks buttons from our book, uh, Sparks. And uh, some other things that we won't even uh, tell you what they are because we haven't figured it out yet. Um, so there you go. Is that worth your while? What do, you, what do you have to lose? Just your time writing to us. And here's how you do that. You go to <laughs> SneakyDragon.com. And there you could uh, post your questions underneath uh, uh, this episode or another episode. That's one way to do it. Uh, you can also answer our questions from this episode on there. You can go to Sneaky Dragon on Facebook. That is, uh, we got a page there. You can uh, email if you feel so inclined. That's what most people are doing. And that's uh, SneakyD at SneakyDragon.com. SneakyD at SneakyDragon.com. Uh, we're also on Twitter at uh, Sneaky underscore Dragon. And at Tumblr, sneakydragon.tumblr.com. So that is where we are, and that is where we'll stay. <laughs> At least I'll stay. I'll stay in my house because, you know, I'm locked down. David is not. He is out and about. He is essential. He is goddamned essential. And he has to go out and be essential. It's true. And he's married to someone who is also essential. Holy shit, is that an essential house? <laughs> and, and, that and is essentially here, true. Me and my lovely wife. Take us or leave us. Doesn't matter. <laughs> the world goes, meh, what are you guys doing? Something? That's great. You can keep to yourself. Stay in there. Lock it down. Lock it down, buddy. Um, you can leave the house to buy groceries. Otherwise, shut up. Get in there. Uh, but I can do podcasts, and so I have. Um, thank you so much for listening. Uh, it's always a treat to talk to my friend David. It's also a treat to well, share time you. with you. And we appreciate What's that? Right back at you. Okay, I thought you uh, said I got your name wrong. Uh, <laughs> boy, that's not a good sign. No. I was going to say, yeah. I went to 7-Eleven today and got a Slurpee. Oh, nice. And for the first time, I got, I got you can uh, self, you get your own Slurpee again. Oh, you can self-slurp. You can self-slurp. They no longer, you no longer have to go to the poor, the poor clerk who <laughs> not only has to serve everyone pizza and little bites and yeah. stuff like that but also has to pour you know, your the, slurpee for in you the U, in the uk they call them slurp sticks oh That's well like straws there in the uk yeah slurp sticks Ugh. take it to your but flat you can't, get a, you can't get a slurpee though in this in the uk yeah you no, can't get it. You know, they, they call them slush pies there slush pies. and they're served they're yeah. served hot That's a, the problem. A, they're served warm they're served yeah. Luke, yeah they're served lukewarm that's very true <laughs> you can drink it as you walk along the footpath back to your flat yeah take the uh take the lift up and then uh, uh, sit on the settee and uh, watch the telly <laughs> and uh, watch Doctor in the house because for some reason it's the seventies. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, uh, I'm Giddy. Thanks so much for listening. I've been Ian. I've been David. Done. 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 Bye. Bye, everyone.
All right, that was good. It was quite good. Another good show. Yeah.